Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. I mean, Rusty, it's like riding a bike. I zig and you zag, you tap dance and I tango. You know how it goes. That's right. Well, um, we're rolling now, Ryan Cook. What's going on, buddy? Rolling, rolling, rolling. Joel, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. We were just saying, uh, get, we're going to be- a long week without you. We're going to be, yeah, right? I know you missed me while you were while you were cruising uh, cruising Mexico. I did. Oh man! Hey, we had a we had a nice little vacation. Took a seven day cruise. Went down to Mexico. Um, yeah, did the whole three port thing. Got off in Cabo, Mazatlan, Puerto Vallarta. Did a little fishing. Not much catching. Still had a great time. <laughs> um, just relaxed, man. Ate, slept. Had a couple drinks, sang a little Margaritaville up on karaoke. Had a good time. So there is a great video that you sent me um, of a guy <laughs> who had more than a few drinks. And uh, he's walking around the deck doing the old Shooter McGavin. And, oh. <laughs> and then the next clip you sent out is him <laughs> wheeled out in a wheelchair. <laughs> this guy's up there. They're playing like the band is playing Michael Jackson. And he's out there dancing. He's dancing like somebody's with him, but he's all by himself. But he had some lady in his. I've been there. Oh man. And uh, <clears throat> all of a sudden he decides he's going to, the music stops and he's going to go up on stage and keep the party going. So they kind of walked him off. And five minutes later, they're pushing him back in a wheelchair and he can't even hold his head up, but he's still rocking that foot. He was not going to quit dancing. <laughs> he had a little bit more fun than we did. Apparently, I guarantee you the next morning wasn't too fun, but no, the, the next morning he was at the bar at 8am getting primed and ready to rock again. Wow. Oh, yeah. Talk about cruise dedication. (laughs) Yeah. He was all in for the win, man. That is down for the cause. Um, Down for the cruise cause. Cruise cause. Um, Look at you. Well, we were just saying it's it's been a long day. Uh, But um, before we get into anything else real quick. See, I'm saying real quick now. We don't do anything real quick. No, we don't. Um, Well, some things. Well, not not on the podcast anyway. Not yet. Um, we got bass report. We got a bass. We got a bass report because you've been fishing in the mother load and not just fishing, but you have been catching. Let's break, oh, it, break it on down. It's been fun. Hold on one quick second here. We got a. Oh, we just okay. We had a beeping in the kitchen. I thought it was a fire alarm. Anyway. Um, it's the, okay. Diana, it's the Diana alert. It's the Diana alert, and Diana's taking care of it. And she says hi, Joel, by the way, and fellow Bass Report listeners. Hi, Diana. He said hi, Diana. <laughs> um, <laughs> dude, the bite's been awesome. I've actually, so everybody's going to be probably surprised to hear this who hasn't been following me, but I've been at McClure, man, and we have been just wrecking them. Um, I haven't, I haven't, since I've, the last week before the cruise, and then so far, a few trips since the cruise, we've been at McClure. Um, the lake is that your choice, or is that is that uh, client client's choice? Um, pretty much, it's been mine. I do let clients choose from time to time if they don't have a preference. Yeah. I take them to whichever lake I feel is going to be best for what they're looking to get out of the trip that day. And, yeah. um, dude, but McClure. I mean, right now, 
And I almost hate to even talk about it. I, I hate to even kind of tag it because it's it's literally so small right now. It's half of a lake, mm-hmm. and it's not a big lake to begin with. But dude, it, it's it's out fishing the other two lakes. I mean, the last two days up at McClure, like we've had twelve and a half to thirteen pounds of spotted bass, and I mean that's that's winning tournaments at Pedro and Maloney's, and we're putting the numbers in with them, you know. And these are with clients that are kind of learning the basics, you know, just, 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 just getting them in the swing of things. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, we're fishing very, uh, throttled back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what's the, uh, what's the big deal? It looks like today it was, uh, it was the trifecta for the jig. Um, you said the jig and the jig, and then the backup was the jig. Well, if they didn't hit that, then we'd fire a jig out there yeah. from time to time. Yeah. yeah. And then, but with the other, with the other, uh, I know you had, you had a young on yesterday and some, and some new peeps. What were, what were they throwing? So if, if I get a, 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 a rookie rookie out that that's not real comfortable with a bait caster, sometimes I will give them like a finesse jig on a spinning rod, but most of the time I give them a tube. Mm-hmm. We talked about the tube and oh, yeah. to me, a, a tube is a finesse jig. I, I don't see how it's any different, right? It's the same principle, the same thing. Um, or, or I'll give them a hula grub on like a, a like a three eighths ounce dart head or a little half ounce ball head. Um, it's all the same stuff, and in, in my mind, but the tube and the jig has been the deal. The fish are shallow. We had we had a storm roll through. I guess while we were gone on the cruise, I think we got like inch inch and a quarter here in the mother load. Um, McClure rose. Uh, eight to 10 foot within a week. And it sparked that bite up. The bite was already decent at McClure. I mean, it really was. And it without, no, without saying, no, I'll give it to him. It doesn't matter guys. They're, they're on the bank. Now that's going to be changing in a few days because the lake's now stable. Um, we were going to have a little time period before we get some more water coming in at least a month. It looks like, so it is going to start falling back down a little bit, but just to give you an idea. And I, I went up yesterday morning to get one of my clients snags undone up in shallow water. And I spooked three spotted bass that were all, you know, two and a half to three and a half pounders. I mean, stud spotted bass right up on the bank with their nose to the mud. I thought they were carp. Um, I'm talking literally like they spooked and water swirled. They were, their backs were almost out of the water and these are spotted bass. And they, I don't know what they're up there doing. I would say eating crawdads, but not one has spit out a crawdad, but they're eating jigs like crazy. So it makes no sense. But dude, we got on a pattern today, literally, and we caught the heck out of them today. It was just stupid. Um, and some nice ones. And we're throwing our jigs on the bank, pulling them into the water. If you throw it in a foot of water, you, you're spooking that fish. It's crazy. And wow. it's so much fun. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So much fun. Yeah. I was out, um, I was out at the local pond here, Calero, uh, on Saturday afternoon. I did an afternoon, little afternoon jaunt, and uh, guys out there. I mean, I was I fished shallow, I fished deep. I just could not find him. It just was not my day. And uh, talked to some guys. Are like, yeah, man, just dragging that jig deep, and yeah, I mean, like real deep. So it's in, and, and yeah. Art, I was talking to Art who, uh, we didn't even say it. we got, we got Art, Art Nubarian on today. Um, Mr. Spearpoint himself. It's, it's actually Nubarian. I think I, th- I think I should know this. I, I mean, I, I grew up with enough Armenians. I should know that, but, um, yeah, I'll clarify it. yeah, he, uh, he was talking about, you know, 
and we're going to talk a lot about Pine Flat today with him, which is which is awesome. It's it's a uh, it's a lake that's kind of a backwater these days. At one point, it was uh it was you know kicking out some really nice spots, and but he fishes it a lot. He was saying, I don't know what's going on. The water's going up, but these fish don't seem to be to be reacting shallow at, like they are with you. And he goes, that's seventy miles between you know Millerton Pine Flat there, and then the Motherlode Lakes. For whatever reason, there's a thermo there's a there's a different kind of temperature gradient there, and he's like, it always takes like two more weeks for things to catch up, you know? Well, even McClure and Don Pedro, I talk about it all the time, not to get too far off on a tangent, but when they're full, the lakes almost touch. It could almost be the same body of water. They got the same fish in them. Uh, dude, and they fish completely different, almost always. It's crazy. It, it, it just... I don't understand why these lakes are so different. I don't understand why Pine Flat and McClure are so different, are so different, but it, hey, it is what it is, and you've got to fish the conditions that the lake is giving you at the time. You can't go out there with any preconceived notions because everything the book tells you, we are in the middle of November. Water temperature is 65 degrees um, and dropping. Um, air temps are cooling down. Nights are getting shorter. These fish should be out deep chasing shad. We should be seeing them, dropping spoons on them. And we're catching them on jigs in a foot of water. So, hey, that's but that's what you want to do, man. That's the fun stuff oh, right there. That makes my job easy, but oh, I go man. to the lake with a smile on my face. We're gonna, I'm licking my chops, um, just going. We're gonna go have a fun, stress free day, and we're just gonna catch them. I don't even have to work at it today. I'm gonna do everything I can to get up there on Saturday. That is that's the plan. We'll see what happens. Well, eat your wheaties because you're gonna be swinging on them. Well. You know me. Probably find a. I'll probably find the one place in the lake where they're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for driving, though. Good seeing you, bud. <laughs> Dude, you are you are as you are as fishy as fish oh, fish burn, that's man. Right. That's right. Keep telling them that. All right. It's true. I've seen it. So, yeah. Check that one off the list. Mother load. Mother load report. We haven't had one in a while. We got one. Um, get up there while they're while they're chewing uh, shallow. Sounds like and a fun Pedro bike. and Maloney's are fishing good too. It's getting better. Right, at Pedro. Randy, Randy Pearson's up at. I just know. I just saw that he's got his his guide license and he's up uh, guiding. Uh, he was up guiding Maloney's. I think this last week and catching some good ones. Yeah, they had some solid ones. He had one nice spot. It looked like. Mm-hmm. And. Next, we already talked about Art. He's coming on here in a second. He is standing by. As usual, we are running behind. Um, our guests got to love that. But, um, and we're going to talk about, uh, yeah, some other stuff with him. Let's, uh, let's real quick, we, we have a giveaway to do. Um, we're a couple days in now. What, we're three days into November. This is for the October giveaway for our, our, our patrons. Um, dude, it's been pretty awesome. We've, we've had, you know, a lot of great support from a lot of great guys. Um, Thank guys, you guys. Yeah. Guys who have supported from the beginning, just like by sharing things and guys I've talked to for, um, we're coming up on a year here in December um, that we've been doing this. And uh, some of these guys have, have been there since the beginning saying, you know, they love it. And um, yeah, just, and we see you, we see we you see and we you. appreciate you. Yeah. And don't uh, think you go unnoticed. I believe that every single time I see one, I directly reach out and I talk to these people and, and make sure that they know how much we appreciate it and how, how cool it is to have that kind of support. Uh, it just, I can't say enough about it. Uh, so we have our giveaway. We've got 
uh, five G Money jigs in the Margaritaville, which you were slaying on them today. Um, I, know, I also sang that song karaoke on the cruise ship, so oh, that might be a sign. But you didn't get wheeled out on a wheelchair because you could handle it. I did yourself. not. You could handle That's yourself. right. And we got five of those. We've got uh, a lineup of spear point hooks, finesse hooks, all the way from, I believe it's two watt up to number threes. Uh, which is up. awesome. I mean, dude, like that's it. That covers all your finesse fishing. Everything. Uh, everything. Uh, and then uh, a G-Rat Baits Pistol Pete in the blush trout color. That is what we got this month. And, uh, yeah, the way things are going, yeah, hopefully we're going to have some some bigger and better stuff. You know, the more guys we have, the, the more we can hopefully kind of – we don't want to try to use all the budget on, on giveaway stuff, you know? Um, but we have that, we have that ability. So, yeah. I like to think of it as just a little, uh, right now we got a little softball sized snowfall of snowball, just rolling down a hill full of snow and she's picking up momentum and she's getting bigger, Joel. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, that's the, that's the key. And as long as we keep the big thing I always hear from everybody is dude, you're giving us so much information. It's like, more than worth it and that's what i want to keep doing and if we can keep doing that i think we're in a good spot so, yep uh no now so uh, real quick patreon um has a deal where we cannot do uh random giveaways according to them so it is against their terms of service terms and policies terms and policies so Whatever. um we are going to wink wink Pick. They say you can pick on merit, so we are going to pick somebody on merit. Um, one second here, Ryan. Are you ready to pick on merit, Ryan? I. Do you have an idea? Of somebody. Right. Uh, I think I do. I think I do. Because we're going to do this real quick live while we're recording. You'll be able to. So we have some. We. So I, I'm doing some video uh, proof of the merit <laughs> that we're. We're about to do some merit here. Uh, and here we go. Ryan, think about it real hard. Who is the dude that we're going to give our October merit award to? I'm going to call it the TBR of the month is... I like that. Oh! I think... What do you think? I'm thinking that Mr. Brandon Yang... That's what I was going to say. That's what you were going to say? You know what? Yeah. Him and, and Mark Kobe have had a great season. Uh, AOY in the Motherlode region, I believe, of BBT. Um, Way to stay strong, boys. They, they did. You. And you know what? Um, unfortunately, Mark's not um, a, a, a patron, but he always supports. But Brandon is, and so I, I think the merit is Brandon Yang. Yeah. Congrats on the merit badge, Mr. Yang. Yeah, Mr. Yang is yep. the. Uh, I second that nomination, G- Joel. TBR patron patron of of the month. And, I'm hitting uh, my little fake gavel right now. Did you get it? Okay, gaveled in. If anybody wants to know or is curious about the way that we uh, chose that that merit, um, you hit me up. I'll send you some uh, proof of of how we chose the merit. Yeah. I hope everyone's following what we just did just now um, by skirting the rules just a tad. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. Skirting. Skirting. What's your favorite skirt color? Oh. That would, man, there's a lot of factors on that. If I had to pick one, 
We talk. Oh, like jig skirts. Yeah. Yeah. Because because well, black looks great on Diana. On a jig, <laughs> I'm gonna go with brown. Yeah. Brown. Yeah, it's solid brown. You can't go wrong. Always, I can take a brown jig anywhere, muddy water, clear water, and catch fish on it with 100% confidence. And I can mix and match some colors with my trailer. Yeah, brown. Got it. Second close close one will be just straight green pumpkin. I'm a green pumpkin guy, too. I like to mix, mix and match those. All right. How about, well, anyway. For me? I could, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I like uh, black, brown, and some purple in there. You like it? You can't ever go wrong with purple too. I mean, I love the old PB and J. Give me that. The perp. sandwiches are great. The jigs are even better. Give me that part. Um, all right, we're gonna get Art on here. Um, I just sent Brandon Yang his merit badge, and uh, I love when your ghetto comes out without you even realizing it. Just, just from back in your days, man. I'm just running the streets and whatnot. <laughs> Those no, they were the streets. First of all, <laughs> just like. And, just like Gator on, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> the same right. thing. Gator don't play no shit. You feel me? You know what? You feel me? I ain't never, <laughs> you ain't never I, been about that. You know what? I I do miss I do miss your your intro when you were a guest on the podcast. You had like yeah. your own specific intro and it had Gator on there. But do you know what I like about not being a guest? And I miss being a guest, but. That's the Dude, only part I miss about you being a guest was that that cool intro. It's way did. more fun on this side of it. Well, I can't say it's more fun. It's a lot less pressure. You get on to this do side both because you still get to talk about all the fishing you're doing, and be yeah. An and awesome I still just guy. cut everybody off and interrupt all the time anyway. Yeah, so yeah. I really try not to though, guys. If that gets annoying, message Joel so he can let me know. But I, I probably won't stop either way. He's not going to stop. Don't message me. I'm not going to stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Nope. All right. So I sent Art. Um, a deal hopefully he's going to call in here in a second do we have anything else okay so yeah um art's coming on for a couple reasons uh like we said he's uh well for oh there he is there he is art you there hey what's up buddy what's a, going on a to the r to the t hey art are, right. are you on uh are you on speakerphone or regular phone on the earpiece well, what do you prefer i'm uh, on speaker right get, now. Get, if you can get it off speaker man it, it makes it a little rough you got it how about now that sounds good. Is it a lot better? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're good. I wouldn't say it sounds good, but it's as good as you're going to get, Art. Woo! Yeah. Well, it's kind of it's kind of dull on my end. It's, I'm having a hard time hearing you guys. If there's any way to bump the volume up. You can't hear us? Very faintly for some weird reason. Is the volume all the way up on your phone? Oh, yeah. Do you have like an earpiece with a microphone? How about now? Can you hear me a lot better? I can definitely yeah. hear you better. Can you hear us? Okay. Yep, yep, everything's oh, good. See? And see, you know what? And Ryan, sometimes, like in the past, we, we would do these and then we would do the intro afterward. But for whatever reason, I feel like it's a lot more like real. You know, when we do these like little mic checks. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Art? No, I, dude, you know, I, I, I've listened to many of your episodes and I'm really a fan of just the natural flow of things. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of stuff you edit out. Sometimes you miss a lot of funny little moments or just little cool specific deals that you know just happen naturally so i'm totally a fan of just leaving it on and going with it man all right i like it well i appreciate you listening to the podcast art and um i also appreciate the support you've given us here in the last you know month uh with the hooks man uh those are going out to all the 
you know the new guys who who subscribe and uh and it's it's just been it's been a huge help but it's also just been really cool to, to have that kind of support from a guy like you and a product like Spearpoint. man i you know i gotta say dude coming from me and my partner eric we have to thank you guys for the support because you know with a new product especially like a hook you have to put it in people's hands and people have to use it to know what it does and uh you know eric and i have been giving a lot of people hooks and you guys have just ran with it, have been super supportive. Everyone in the mother load and Northern California, I mean, from Shasta to all the guys here locally in your area have just been taken to it, man. And, and we're blessed. We got to send that thank you back to you guys because it kind of goes both ways. I mean, we really appreciate what you guys do for us. And, and uh, we're excited that, that you support us, honestly. So it's super cool, man. Well, and if I, I got to throw one thing in there real quick. Um, it's not going to be real quick, Ryan. Quit it. Yeah, it's okay. I got it right. <laughs> give me like seven to eighteen minutes here. Um, I, I no, got to make sure my phone's charged, man. We're going to keep this one hundred percent art. I think I've told this story. I don't know about on the podcast, but I know I've told the story. So I threw a fundraiser tournament for the Gold Country Bass Tour, the youth organization, um, um, and also a memorial tournament. Memorial tournament for one of my older clients that has passed away. Right. And Eric and Art hit me up. I mean, both you guys ahead of time. Hey, man, we want to be there. We want to donate all this stuff. Let us know if we can show up early and help out. Whatever you need, we got you covered. Let us know. So right off the top, that's the kind of guys you are. Then they right give on. all Thank these you. hooks out to everybody at our tournament, including me. And they, I mean, they gave me like a goodie bag, like, hey, bro, we're going to hook you up. Take this. It's on us. And I kind of set them to the side, guys. I'm not going to lie. For several months, I just kind of set them to the side. I didn't think much of it, right? Kind of slipped mm-hmm. my mind. Thank God. One day I was out on the boat, and I still had them in like my tackle bag in the boat somewhere. And I ran out of my Nico rig hooks. And I pulled out the spear points. And I'm like, oh, cool. These look fine. I'll throw them. And I noticed I went from me and my clients went from like missing and losing, you know, 20 to 30% of our fish that day to like, I can remember we went like 15 to 17 fish in a row that we did not miss. We did not lose, which is very rare on an eco rig since then, since then. And before you guys, you know, I, I joined the pro staff with you guys. I've been pushing the hooks because I believe in them. And as a guide and somebody that gets a lot of people on my boat that that don't know how to set a hook properly, that don't know how to stay tight on a fish properly, I cannot right. tell you how much easier they make my job because all they got to do, once they get that hook in that fish, dude, you can put slack in your line and let them run with it for 100 feet if you want to. They're not going to shake it out. Dude, you can't you don't hardly even lose know. a fish on them. Oh, we've done that so many times. We actually did that on camera. I was in, uh, for ICAST, we drove all the way through the country and we stopped in Alabama, right? And our good friend Dan over there, uh, we did a little filming episode with him on Neely Henry and we're debuting the flipping hook. So uh, we're debuting those hooks. We, we caught a fish or two on him and then he started uh, throwing an eco rig on the number one or one oak. So he caught like a two pound bass and he gets it out. And I said, hey, Dan, don't take the hook out. I said, do me a favor, just throw that fish back, open your bail and let's just film this. I bet you he's going to be back on. So sure enough, dude, Dano releases the fish and we're sitting there filming it, watching. We're talking about what we're going to do for dinner and stuff like 20 seconds. Right. And then he closes the bail and sure enough, it was still there. And the hook was in the same exact place that it was when he pulled him out the first time. It was just impressive, dude. I mean, when you can do that with a hook 
that speaks volumes. And we've done that just to kind of prove this is the real deal. Like, you got to try it, you know, and you don't know until you try it, just like in your case. Exactly. You know? The yeah, worst part about cool. the only the only thing about him I don't like art is the <laughs> fact that I got to grab my pliers every time we catch a fish because I can't get. I was out just with my about fingers. to t- tell you that is it the pliers, buddy? <laughs> well, I mean, that, that, that is that's it. That's the only thing, and I'm of course joking about it. But dude, you can't get them out without pliers ninety percent of the time. Which is yeah, like, it's wicked, dude. That that bend that specific V is such a specific angle. It's a, it's an aggressive V, but yet it works so fine with the bait. But once you get them in there, man, it's it's like glue. Seriously, it's crazy. Um, well, you know what's funny? A friend of mine says it's the best hook to take your kids fishing. Because, hey, here's a little rod, little four-year-old. Throw your worm out there. No matter what he does, he's not going to lose that fish. And um, <laughs> yes. he, Right? I mean, just like yes. your clients. You know, they're out there. And if they get bit, like 95% of the time, that fish is coming in the boat. Exactly. You know it was funny. Yeah. I was on I was on Instagram last night, and uh, it was it was Randy Pearson because uh, we talked to him about the hooks and. Uh, oh yeah, I you know until someone had actually brought that up because a lot like Ryan, I was out at that tournament he did, and I got a, the first pack of hooks I, of spear points I got. I had them in my boat, but it was one of those things in the morning where you're, you 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 got everything else going on, and you kind of put yep. him put him down, and I was out with my kids about a month later, and I'm throwing. A wacky i just had it on a wacky rig and yeah. i caught that fish and and was like man i cannot get because i'm like i don't use pliers <laughs> i'm a, like i will right. i will do everything i can to not go to my pliers to pull it out i couldn't, right. couldn't do it right and it wasn't until ryan started talking about it and randy started talking about it, i'm like that's right that's like yeah. it seems like more often than not i'm always going for my pliers when i'm using those hooks dude we're seriously like in the process of designing some spear point pliers. Yeah, you got to do that. That's a great idea. I, we are, dude. Eric, Eric's been working on them. He's got something really cool in the works. But so many people tell us this pliers story. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry you have to go through that, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> but, but I figured we're going to have to do something to make it a little funny and exciting and put some you know humor in it. But we are going to come out with some pretty wicked pliers for the guys on the pro staff and on the website everyone can buy them but yeah man uh we're excited i mean talk about changing uh how you fish because you know i spoke to randy about this a while back ago you know you lose a lot of fish wacky rigging and nico rigging right just like you said so you know and i've been fishing tournaments for a long time around here but when we all started nico rigging years ago you started realizing man i'm losing good ones so you're like ah you know what maybe i'll just throw something else and not take a chance of getting my heart broke so you shy away from that technique because it's losing fish and so now that this hook has been doing what it's been doing i am a nico rigging fool dude i will be throwing that thing in certain areas where otherwise i wouldn't but now i know if i get them hooked my chances of landing them are so high that why wouldn't i use it you know mm-hmm. about and the only time a lot. about the only time that i've noticed personally with the nico rig with that hook that I'll lose a fish is if if I lose that fish, I can almost bet you money that Nico rig is going to be balled up over the point of the hook, which is not the hook's fault. That just happens with the plastic. For if it's, sure. not, yeah, if that's it's the- not balled up over that hook and I lose that fish, I am absolutely amazed going what just happened because it, you know, it doesn't it, happen. It, that's one thing we we're talking about with someone else. I said before you lose a fish, oh, yeah, you get upset. But now it's like when you lose a fish on this hook, you're like, what just happened and you're it's yeah. if you yeah. almost are like 
so not used to it that when it happens, you're like, no, <laughs> you know. How bad at fishing are you if you're going to lose one on a on a spear point? There's your commercial, wow, dude. <laughs> oh, I like that. Hunting, There's dude. your commercial. Start duck hunting. <laughs> Start duck hunting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we're blessed, man. We're super blessed, and the support. I mean, uh, we got some cool things coming up too. We're, you know, Phil's prop uh, is starting their tournament season up in Shasta, and we're going to be uh, sponsoring that event, giving the guys our our company way bags, and giving a bunch of prizes. For example, like the first adder money box at that event is going to be. Over $200. We're taking care of all the anglers, giving away cool stuff. Because, you know, just like you guys in the mother load, when the guys in Shasta started using these hooks, Rick Stone, who's the tournament director there, great guy, by the way, so supportive of us. When uh, when I first went up to Shasta, gave him some of those hooks, he fished them. He called me back said, man, these things are the deal. And from that point on, he spread the word. And we got, I mean, dozens of anglers up there using them. You know, um, Double G uses them. I mean, so many people are a fan of it up there and in the mother load that it's it's really driving sales and it's getting some recognition in California and across the country, you know. So That's right. we're uh, we're real happy, man. We're blessed. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, yeah. Be, yeah before I forget, quick little announcement. Pretty cool. Um, I just yeah. got a I just got a photo earlier from Joey um, and Diana down at Stage Top Gun Shop here in Atwater. And oh, yeah. they officially have Spear Point up on the shelves. They are stocked, ready to go. So anybody local here, Outwater, Merced, Modesto, um, Madera, Chowchilla area that wants to go in and buy them direct, Outwater Stage Stop has, I don't know what you stocked them up with, Art, but I think they have the full assortment of hooks in there. Oh, yeah. They have everything. They have every style and size that we offer uh, in the GP Finesse and the Wide Gap. So they're fully loaded, dude. Yeah, for all and your mother load needs. people, too great people we're so uh, excited to have them on board as a new dealer so super stoked on that yep. yeah yeah i'll definitely take care of you guys i'm looking forward to getting uh to getting those flipping hooks art oh dude yeah i'm, I'm, I'm fact, ready um, for that dude um but yeah we, we were talking about something like that and uh you know i send you a bunch of stuff uh, a couple weeks ago where did were they not included in there joel no, but it, it no. I'm not. I'm not saying it that way, man. I'm just like no. I, I, I'm I excited, thought I did, but I, I definitely need to send you some, brother. No, I'm, I'm using those ASAP. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to try those because uh, I know that, like Brock, I, has used those, and and uh, yeah. If I'm if I'm flipping around or punching or whatever, I would love to try those out. Yeah, they we this... we did some prototyping on them at the Delta, and we went the first time we went out there. It was in July, and we caught like I think 17 or 18 punching fish and didn't lose a single one. We were just blown out of our minds, man. We were stoked. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. This this spring, I'm going to find about an 11, 12-pounder on a bed that's just oh, going yeah. up, but I'm going to call you guys both and be like, hey, meet me at this lake tomorrow. Let's get something cool on film right now. <laughs> that would be wicked, big old, man. <laughs> oh, big old five-out <laughs> flipping hook just jacked to the face. Oh, jacked yeah. Jacked to the face. No, that'd be cool. Yeah. It's a Don Pedro <laughs> giant, you know. Oh, big old Don Pedro piggy, man. Well, hey, Art, as Heck much yeah. as as much as I love talking about these hooks and as much as, you know, I mean, I I, I we could just keep talking about it. But instead right. of turn this into an infomercial, you guys know about this. <laughs> you guys know about this. If you want to know more, go to uh, hey, give everybody real quick your, you know, where to find everything, Art. Absolutely. So, uh, um Ryan just mentioned they got them at your local spot there. You can also get them on Tackle Warehouse. There's a number of dealers across the states and country have them. Uh, our website, www.spearpointhooks.com, you can buy them direct there also. 
um, handful of places. Now, Bass Pro Shops in Manteca has them on the shelves, mm. and um, and Sportsman's Warehouse in various locations across the West Coast has them as well. If you have one in your area, they might have them in stock. So it's going to be easy to find them now. They're Boom. they're pretty much uh, everywhere you would go to to get some fish and tackle at this point, you know. And then anybody who uh, becomes a ten dollar Patreon on this show, uh, we send out a pack to all those guys. Uh, compliments of Art. So thank you, Art. Yeah, Art and Eric and Spearpoint, man. We we appreciate appreciate the anglers. Uh, without you guys, we couldn't sell products. So I mean, it means a lot to us. And another thing we want to do for this show next year is, you know, we have a whole lineup of hooks coming. And I'm promise this is the last of it we'll talk, but we'll we'll make sure you guys get the newest hooks that come out in these packages that Joel sends you so you can try them out too. Hell yeah. Yes. There we go. All yes, right. For sure, man. All right, you're the man. And the thing is we didn't even get I mean, it this this is pretty exciting and it's really exciting for you, but I am really excited to talk about Pine Flat, which is oh, yeah. a bit of a backwater for most people when they're talking about central because you've got you've got Southern California peeps that the farther the farthest north they go is like Isabella, right? Right. And then you've got the Northern California peeps. With if they're going to go to a to a big impoundment, they're going to go to the the Motherlode Lakes. And there's this uh, like forgotten area of California. You got Millerton. You've got Pine Flat, Cahuilla, like areas like that. And I'm excited to have you on. And it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. I still to this day I want somebody from Millerton to come on and talk about that. There's not a whole lot of guys that fish that hard. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk there, Mike. Because no, I know no one wants to talk there. You know what, Millerton? Actually, I live closer to Millerton than Pine Flat. And Either way, I mean, Millerton's twenty minutes from me. Pine Flat's thirty-five. But Millerton has transformed into a totally different lake dude, the last five years. And I can tell you some stuff about it, dude. It's getting better, and I, I would love to talk about that. Um, yeah, but sure, let's, dude. Let's let's focus on Pine Flat. That's your lake. That's your that you know you know it. Sleeper Lake, dude. It's yeah. It, the thing is, when everybody talks about it. Because we saw this last year in BBT, like it was an eight pounds won that tournament or something, uh, right? And I think that was Brandon Yang, our our merit, our, our October uh, TBR merit award winner of the month. Yeah, him and <laughs> him, and, Ma- him and Mark Kobe won, won that, right? Um, I can't remember, man. Honestly, I don't know. I didn't they, fish the did BBT it? last year. Oh, anyway, no, that was this year. Oh, anyway. this year? Um, can't remember. Anyway, so they they were out there. To, I think it was eight pounds or something that won that tournament. Something some super low. But yeah, I talked to a guy like you, and you're like, no, there's there's big fish in there. What is the deal with Pine Flat, and why is it such a backwater? Well, the deal with it is is you know the last ten years or so that lake goes up to either full capacity or almost full capacity for only three weeks or maybe a month, and then every time it gets up there it's usually around June and then the floodgates open up and it'll go down a foot or two a day for the next three months. Yeah. You know, so that's been a problem with Pine Flat is, is they've been dumping the water out of it like crazy for a lot of years now. I mean, you, you'll never get it to sit above 70% and, and be up there for a while. It's either, you know, almost full or almost empty. And that affects spawns. It affects a lot of things when it comes to these fish, especially how they move like Pine Flat is notorious for being super tough when the water starts falling. I mean, you can go out there and whack them one day in the spring, just whack them, catch 50, 60 fish a day, three, four-pound spotted bass on jerk baits and stuff. And then the next week, mm-hmm. they start opening it up and dumping it, 
it'll drop two feet a day. Then you'll be lucky if you catch six pounds of fish. Wow. You know, sounds like McClure. It is. It's it's similar to McClure. It's, um, you know, the the way the structure is and and, and the way the lake is, it's very similar to the motherlode lakes. Um, one thing that's different about this region, like you said, it's a little corner of this state, right? So I was actually talking to Randy the other day. He he did a guide trip at Maloney's and I asked him, I said, Hey, what was the water temp up there? And he said, uh, Oh, 64. I said, man, I got to the lake Sunday morning. It was still dark. I dropped the boat in the water and I look at the graph. It's 67.8 degrees. Oh, wow. So yeah, we're still, we still got high sixties water and that's always been the case. I, I feel like it always starts up there in Shasta and works its way down the mother load. Those are the first lakes to go this time of year. And then by the time it gets down here, you guys have already, they're chewing hard up there because the water's colder up yeah. here. We're still a little warmer and it's like three weeks behind every year. Cause we'll always anticipate like this good fall bite this time of year, but it'll never show up to like December. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's only like you said, it's only like a seventy mile difference, but as the crow flies, to yeah, to to between those two lakes, and yeah, I mean, it's just amazing how 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 much different the therm the the temperature reads between those two lakes in that short span of I mean, seventy miles doesn't yeah. seem like that much. It's crazy. I mean, the planet's interesting as you get closer to the equator. You know, as you go south, it's just naturally warmer and warmer, and I guess. 70 miles maybe the difference in three to four degrees of water temp between these lakes you know i guess yeah yeah that's crazy yeah so it's all these little factors that you, you guys know and just like the mother load too like especially this time of year it'll get like fishing will be weird and then all of a sudden they'll hit the switch man and they'll just 17 18 pound bags 20 pound bags are coming out well but, um, do you remember seeing art and you probably do joel i'm not sure <clears throat> there was a I'm trying to think of which tournament it was up there. Um there was a uh there was a, a couple of brothers and I, oh gosh. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I chat yeah. with James them on social the, media. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I I chat with Colin quite a bit on social media back and forth, you know. Um Yeah. Patreon. And they went up there and had what just un, just a fuzz under a 25 pounds bag of all spotted bass, like a bunch of clones. It was, dude. It, it was. It was during the New Gen tournament. It's funny you bring that up because that day I had um, my cousin had just moved back uh, from Boston to, to Fresno, and he was like, "Man, I, I miss fishing. Take me out." So I said, "Yeah, let's go." So we said we're gonna go out there and fish. We got there around ten o'clock in the morning, and everyone was out there getting it right. And um, when we when we pulled out, it was during their weigh-in, and I saw the bag they weighed in. Man, it was just a stud bag of spots, well, all spots too. A 25-pound limit of spotted bass, people have to keep in mind, and this is one thing I try to preach all the time, spotted bass don't get the love that largemouth do because um, they don't get as big, right? Right. I will take a five-pound spot over an eight-pound largemouth any day of the week, all day, every day. Me too. Me but, too, 100%. But you catch a five-pound spotted bass, literally 100%, it is the equivalent of a 10-pound largemouth. The world record oh, yeah. spotted bass is almost exactly half the size of the world record largemouth. You catch a 25-pound limit of spotted bass, that's like somebody dropping a 50-pound limit of largemouth. That 100%. is so yeah. impressive and yeah. so hard to do. Yeah. Most people, you take their biggest five spotted bass they've ever <laughs> caught in their life, they're lucky to have 18, 19 pounds. Right. I mean, yep. that is impressive, and that that's what that lake kicks out. And then what other what, – what also what guys don't realize, everybody – most bass fishermen know the world record largemouth, where it came from, 
the whole story behind it. Well, yep. a lot of people don't realize, and I don't know the whole story, but a lot of people don't realize the world record spotted bass for a long time came out of Pine Flat, correct? Oh, absolutely. And actually, it was caught in an ABA tournament, man, that's, on a Cinco. And that's believe nuts. It or not. That's nuts right there. That's crazy. It, it was 1048. It was called, uh, caught by, I believe, uh, Brian Shishido, who's a local guy here, great angler. And, uh, and there's all kinds of stories about that fish. I even heard that uh, when they caught it and they threw it in a live well, that they checked in on it later and they found like, you know, I think it spit out a muskrat or something. There was all kinds of fur in the live well, or someone even said they took it to a uh, Valley rod and gun at the time they had a fish tank and they put it in a fish tank and it was chilling in there. I mean, there's all kinds of stories revolving around the world record fish. Right. But there's some cool stuff about that, that people talk about, but yeah. And aside from that, you got to understand before that fish was caught, Kirk Sakamoto had caught a world record bass out of there. And there was another one prior. So Pine Flat has spit out three world records spotted bass in the last 20 years. Yeah. And there's a good chance. I mean, I, I would assume there's a good chance it probably still has a world record spotted bass in there. Dude, I tell you what, we have, we've lost some giants. I, I lost a spotted bass years ago that was well over eight pounds. I know a gentleman who caught one that was, like, I believe, an 843 a couple years ago. Um, my personal best out of there is a 7.4. I've caught wow. a few over six handful over five but um one thing about that lake and i i'm just gonna let this one out because it's too much fun to keep this one in Pay you want to have folks listen to this one you guys want to have some fun at pine flat in the summer you go out there at night and you go throw a crankbait like a 6xd and you just go you look for the shad because in the summer there's just shad everywhere and these giant spotted bass at the dead of the night they'll be out there 10 midnight one o'clock in the morning just going through these schools, dude. I mean, there's lines everywhere on the graphs, and you're out there throwing six XDs, going through these schools, and they're crushing them. A couple of years ago, I was out there at night with my old lady, and we're messing around, and I, I had a 6-2 eat a 6 XD. And then that night, I ended up catching a couple other good ones. We ended up having like 16 pounds of spotted bass that night, dude. Oh it, it, was, it was insane. And we've had many other nights like that. Matter of fact, we had a night tournament there uh, a couple years ago, we ended up, we got lucky and we won. I ended up sticking a 784 largemouth and a few other spots. We had like 15 pound bag that took the tournament that night. But that's one of the, the, the funnest night fishing lakes around here, man. A lot of people don't even, even realize that. A lot of people are catching on and doing a lot more night fishing. But some of the old school guys here, man, they'll just catch some giants at night over there. Yeah, they're probably trying to keep it quiet too. They're probably not talking about it a whole lot. Yeah, you see, I mean, you see guys posting. I've even posted pictures. I mean, you know, that six plus I caught, I, you know, how do you not share that one with people, right? And, um, you know, it was, it was a fun night. And, and it's the thing is, the way I see it is these lakes that get a lot of traffic in the daytime in the summer, these fish shut down because it's real hard unless you get out there early in the morning, get them on top water. The rest of the day, the bite's tough. You got a hundred ski boats out there and it's, the water temps 85 degrees, right? Mm -hmm. And um, the minute the boats take off, that sun goes down. A couple hours later, the water cools. Dude, the wolf packs show up. Like, it is fun. Like, you'll catch your best chance of catching a big spotted bass there, in my opinion, is at night. Because the last couple of years, all the big bass we've caught have been at night. So, I mean, the statistics are leaning that way, you know? Well, the for the forage in that lake, and uh, yeah, if we can, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. So there, there's a, there's landlocked king salmon, correct? Yeah, you know the the thing is, and 
uh, Ryan, you can help me out with this a little better because they those lakes over there they have them, they stock them, and you're probably more familiar with those fish because of Pedro. But they they stocked them in Pine Flat about ten fifteen years ago, and we would actually catch them, dude. They would eat like mm-hmm. drop shots at forty feet. Well, it, as, a, as a kid, big. as a kid, I was I would I mean I grew up in Fresno. I mean you're from Fresno too, Art, right? Yes. Yes, so correct. I grew up in Fresno, and, and that's some place that, that my grandfather would take me and my brother, and we would go out there fishing and, and, and trolling for trout and for and for these landlocked king salmon, quote-unquote, whatever whatever they're... Right. Yeah. Yep. The kings. Yeah, and, you know, they back in the day, there were, there were a lot of old-timers out there go out there trolling with the downriggers, mm-hmm. 70 feet, 80 feet. You know, the old, uh, the old, when you go to the bait shop and you tell them, hey, I want to catch some king salmon, they say, well, you go to from the dam to the power lines, Sixty yeah. feet, you know, and <laughs> wow, that, that was the old saying back then. So, yeah. and, and you you would catch them, but the state stopped doing it, and it's been honestly over seven eight years since I've even seen one in the lake. So it's um, so it's they, just they it's just trout. On. I mean, you've got the trout coming right. in from the kings, and yep. are there any kokanee in the lake? No, I don't. No, think no, so. they, they stocked those, some of that stuff yeah. back in the day, but they die off. Yeah, I haven't seen or heard of anyone catching myself personally. Not to say that they're still not out there, but not like that. Right. So I've spent a lot of time as I mean, as a kid, I, I would go out there. We would we would go trolling for for trout and for those landlocked salmon, king salmon. And mm-hmm. then, um, I spent a lot of time on the upper river, uh, rafting and that sort of stuff growing up. Oh yeah, when I lived in Fresno. That's fun. And and yep. go fishing and do the crawdad thing. Like we just catch a mess of crawdads and do crawdad boil. Oh yeah, things like that. And then on the lower. Uh, I fly fish the lower a lot for like around avocado places like that. Oh yeah. Um, and, but I just never spent a lot of time, but I know that, that the trout population at that lake, both below and above is good. Um, and yeah. Wh- do you think that those spots key in on that forage or even the largemouth in there? Oh no. All the time. Actually yeah. we dude, we, you know, in when it gets cold, when the water's right, we're out there throwing, 250s matter of fact a good buddy of mine uh josh sanchez and he fishes the bbt and probably see his name on the standings a lot these guys last couple of years have been so consistent casting checks all the time but josh is a big bait guy and he'll go up there chuck a 250 all day and and he's caught several fish over six pounds doing that already in the last few years mm-hmm. um yeah. they're totally trout eaters in that lake and some of the big largemouth i've seen fish over 10 pounds get caught out of there and and dude, those those things are eating trout because they're getting caught over kind of by where the houseboats and stuff like that is, and a lot of those trout will get dumped by the houseboats and make their rounds around it, you know. And there there's big fish there that specifically will hold up and feed on trout, no doubt about it. I mean, there's enough rainbows in Pine Flat where the those spotted bass, a seven eight pound spotted bass, is with no hesitation going to eat a fifteen sixteen inch rainbow if he can't. Okay, you know, real quick. Art, and yeah. you got You know what? I'm going to send it to you actually. But <clears throat> if anybody doesn't believe him on that, go on my Instagram, and I've got an Instagram TV video that I posted. Um, I don't know a couple summers ago from Lake McClure, and there's about a two and a half, two and three quarter pound spotted bass that was dying, choking on like a twelve inch <laughs> thin brook trout that had just got planted, and this. Spotted oh bass God. almost got it down. It was like on the verge of being able to eat this thing. Oh, this, darn. this is not even a three-pound spotted bass. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah, dude. No, they, they do for sure. Matter of fact, I'll tell you what. There's been a couple of times where 
uh, I've hooked a rainbow drop shot and they're worm fishing and you'll you'll fight that rainbow up and here comes this giant torpedo spot five <laughs> six pounder right on the tail and you're like oh my god is he gonna eat it and you know they catch on they realize something ain't right and then you just gotta take the time and let the rainbow swim for a little while <laughs> see what happens <laughs> believe me we've tried dude we've, we've lost rainbows like that you know what i mean <laughs> we're out there hey eat it eat it eat it and then yeah. they'll just come off and they'll scatter off but yeah no we it happens all the time and you know like Speaking of some of the Northern California stuff, like Shasta, dude, you go out there, throw a S waiver or 250, you're pulling up big spotted bats. Not that they're always going to eat it, but last year we had a Fields Prop tournament. It was raining cats and dogs all day, and I was fishing with my buddy Josh, and he's chucking that 250 around, and this submarine of a spot, seven plus pounder comes up to it, dude, and nips at the tail, and we never got it to eat. It was that one shot that never really took it, but I mean, those fish. We'll eat a trout in a heartbeat. No Dude. question about it. Well, Art, do you remember um, the Wild West Bass Trail that Alex Neopis won? Oh, yeah. Chasta? I mean, he won the three-day tournament day, day two. One. He, <laughs> he didn't even have to put his boat on the water day three. I mean, he could have slept in all day and just showed up to weigh in, and he still had it by 10 pounds. Um, Dude, that was... But aside from that giant largemouth... A lot of those fish he were catching, a good majority of them were big spots. I think he had like a, a handful a of spots. Spot. Yeah, he had a six-pound spot. He also had an eight-plus-pound eight spot. That day that he, on day two, he had a 13-and-change largemouth, and he had like an eight-and-a-half-pound spot that was almost the lake record. That's crazy, and dude. And th those spotted bass, and I've seen, and he, I'm sure he probably doesn't listen to this podcast. He's not a podcast guy. He wouldn't like this. But, dude <laughs> – those are all coming on that big hog hunter, that big yeah. hog hunter, big giant 10 inch trout bait. That guy is going up there winning tournaments on three and four pound spotted bass on that bait. I mean, not even giant spots. And and he's still catching a lot of them on it. It's, it's oh, absolutely incredible. Oh, hundred percent. You know, actually, Ryan, you, you remember this, you fished the mother load even back in the day, you know, when ABA was pulling 50, 60 boats, you know, those yeah. days. And okay. I fished, you know, some of those we drive up, best we could and fish those for a few years back in like 06 07 but i know you remember when those huds first came out when the huddleston first dropped and everyone was trying to get their hands on them and whoever had a hud was going to these tournaments and they were whacking fish dude because those fish hadn't <clears throat> seen a hud and and some of those spotted bass I've, I've seen spotted bass up to seven pounds caught on huds eight eight inch huds choked barely oh, yeah. the head sticking out of the mouth you know and you know they've caught on so many people throw the big bait now where you know that it's not happening like it used to 15 20 years ago but dude you throw an eight inch hud and you get a big enough spot near it chances are if, if everything's right he's going to eat that bait the very first hud fish true hud fish now I've, I've caught a couple at clear lake i don't even hardly count that it's different <clears throat> but mother load fishing throwing the huddleston and i spent days and days and days fishing this thing and i finally caught a fish on it i finally felt a distinct thump i set the hook, right my rod loaded up and i told my little cousin he was about 10 at the time i said get the freaking net it's on giant <laughs> right i i get this thing to the boat it's like a two and a half pound spotted bass on a eight inch <laughs> on a eight inch huddleston and it had it all the way in its mouth i mean the it was absolutely incredible so yeah dude um they will eat them. They're animals, and we were just dude. talking about the HUD in the early days on the last podcast we did. 
were you? How funny. Yeah, it was it was a magical moment in California because, you know, it all started from, you know, the cast eight baits, the whole cast eight, those those I remember in ninety seven, ninety eight I was younger, but those giants that got caught out of cast eight, those nineteen pounders, remember the twenty pounder, and those were all those big bait guys were catching them. So like word word spread like a wildfire, but there weren't enough baits at the time to to supply enough guys to go out there and do it. So whoever really got the true huds in their hands in the beginning, dude, those guys caught some serious fish. (laughs) (laughs) If I mean serious fish, but it was fun. It's crazy seeing the swim bait market evolve the way it has. I mean, there is every type of swim bait imaginable out there. And, um, you know, you keep throwing something too often at these things, especially at the rate of our tournaments in these areas. I mean, every weekend there's a, there's a tournament almost, you know, and it, it catches on. They catch on quick, I think. Well, that's guys, the thing me and Joel talk about is back in the day, a swim bait used to be a, <clears throat> a bait people would buy as a tool to catch a big fish, whether it be just as a trophy or whether it be to win a tournament and win a bunch of money on, right? Right. And and that got so popular. Now there's this whole swim bait culture and craze out there that, I mean, Joel really loves. He's a fan of. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, I throw them all. I throw them all the time. Art. I'm a, I'm a, but now there's guys buying them just because they're cool and it's the thing to do, and they don't. They don't even serve a purpose for them. It's like buying a pug. Well, and you know, dude, it, it's it's funny you mentioned that, Ryan. Cause it's like I was talking to you about this yesterday. We have a good family friend. His dad, um, the Gills, and his dad made a ton of baits back in the day. He was like big into it, like. Owen Nolan would come over to his house and say here in San Jose, Owen Nolan's a big bass fisherman and, and also a, a hell of a hockey player. If you guys aren't hockey fans, but Oh yeah, I he, follow him. He's a cool dude, man. Oh, you know what? He, he followed, he followed the, uh, the Instagram on, uh, the, the bass report Instagram. And that was it for me, dude. I was like, I made it like I got owned because That's like cool, that dude was a hero. Me growing up. Like I was a, I mean, I've always been a huge hockey fan growing up, but I'm a, a huge sharks fan. And so was my dad. And like, yeah. Anyway, he would he would go over there like this guy made a lot of baits for the club like for the club guys here in San Jose and you know, he's got all this stuff and I was just going through some of this stuff with, with my buddy Kevin, his dad's old stuff and I'm like, "Man, I I got to give you some money and like really go through this cuz there there's a lot of great stuff here, you know." And he there's old the cool part was opening up the box that says Huddleston on it from yeah. 15 years ago. You know, yeah, the original HUD. Oh man, like so many cool baits, and like there's some old Bass Tricks baits in there, Black Dog Originals. Like, I love the Bass Tricks. Really cool baits, you know. And I'm like, dude, this this is just it's so neat to just go through and look at all that old stuff, you know. And oh yeah, where dude. it was it's and cool. where it is now. Stuff. You will you can say if you look at the older stuff, it's like man, this stuff was like made with care. Like people cared about every spot on this trout, like, or, you know, whatever it was. Right. It, there was For a lot sure. of care that was taken and, um, yeah, man, it's just, it, it, it's, it's something that I was never really a part of, but I look back now and it's like, man, what, what, it's like you should have been there yesterday, which is the story of my life. Yeah. And Joel, yep. if, you know, if you ever want to show one of your good fishing buddies the stuff and you know maybe let him pick out a thing or two i mean we could do that too whatever you want to do it doesn't Dude, matter. He, the thing is is kevin's smart <laughs> enough to know like those black dogs and those huddlestons aren't going anywhere he's keeping those <laughs> oh yeah gosh especially original black i mean oh, man come on right 
I mean, yeah. you can't even oh, find him. Yeah, today. dude. I mean, that well, that black dog lunker punker, the the junior and and the regular size, the original OG lunker punker. Oh, that yeah. is another phenomenal big spotted bass bait. One of the best oh, yeah. ever in clear water. Dude, spotted bass are just a sucker for walking baits. Whether it's a spook, anything, anything that walks and ma- makes noise, dude. Eventually, you're going to come across a big one. Absolutely. Like, honestly, I, we've probably got more spotted bass over three pounds on a vixen or anything like that than than any other topwater bait. I mean, the plopper. We're getting some good fish on it, especially pine flat. You know, when when it's when it's summertime and maybe this time of year too, things are a little weird, but. You know, you go around throwing a whopper plopper really parallel to some boulders, man. They that's another bait that they eat real good at Pine Flat. Um, that's not going check out away that, anywhere. Check out that Chopo too, Art. It, it's a li- it's got it's a little bit louder, dude. I love that Chopo. Yeah, yeah, Chopo's a good bait too. Now, they just anything with a prop behind it and burning on the surface, man. Those spots can't handle it. <clears throat> yep, it's 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 fun, I, and we're lucky. We're really lucky to be around here and. It's funny because I just got back from Tennessee. We went out there for a big uh, distributor show, the Pittman Creek show. And we were out there and talking to some of the guys in Alabama from Smith Lake, where these fish are from. And I was telling them what kind of fish we're catching in Pine Flat. They were like, man, we, I mean, there's big ones here, but we're not catching them like you guys are catching them. What the heck, right? <laughs> that's, like, we send you guys those dude, fish wild. and you're growing giants over there. <laughs> that's wild, man. I mean, you, if you really look at where these fish come from, we talked about this with uh, with Bobby. And, um, you know, I talked to Steve Cooper about this, too, because he, he's really interested in, like, the genetics and stuff. And mm-hmm. I feel like you, you, you export these fish to California. And people don't really understand this. Like, you get outside of California. Good luck catching a tent. Right. I mean, it's it's it. We live in such a, like a a magical place as far as bass fishing goes. I mean, everything else about California besides the scenery and the bass fishing is pretty much awful. But but yeah. but but, uh, but our bass fishing is is phenomenal. It's something we have to fight for. And but dude it's cra- it's crazy you go to these other places where these fish come from and and they to just they're they grow different here they do and and uh you know pine flat going back to it real quick is in in my opinion one of the more fertile lakes around this area because the king's river king's river absolutely comes from absolutely. two different forks okay yep. you got an east and north fork i believe and they come from the North Fork, I believe, comes from, you know, Washon, Courtright, and Black Rock. There's three Highland Mountain reservoirs that yep. dump into the Kings. Yep. And then the, the other one comes from Sequoia National Forest area, right, Sierra. So you have a very fertile lake. And another thing about Pine Flat that I can honestly say is a little different than the Motherlode Lakes, it has a giant population of shad. Like, I was there Sunday just looking at stuff for the tournament, and I, I went idled over this one area, and I went for – probably 2000 yards and it's just a giant cloud under me i could see all the bait everywhere on the side imaging i mean there must have been a billion shad under my boat that 2000 yards i went it was crazy and, and what area is that, that art exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> right well i mean art it's like, somewhere between the dam and the power line buddy. <laughs> <laughs> dude art i mean what you're talking about is like something that i've like witnessed firsthand growing up in that area i spent a lot of time at Wishon. I've spent time at Black Rock, up to Kings. I mean, dude, oh, yeah. we, we used to beautiful. We we used to go. So every year we would have. Uh, it was called River Trip, and my buddy's dad used to own Kings River Expeditions up there, 
And so, you know, that's fun. I've done that two times, and I had the time of my life. Oh man. my god! Well, the thing is, is like his dad sold the company, but he had his a lot of his own gear. And so what we do is we just get the the you know the big group campground. We would have three days there where we would have everything you could imagine, dude. Like whole kitchen set up, and oh, yeah. three days of just partying and rafting on our own, no guides, because these guys all grew that's up cool. on the river. And dude, we yeah. we would have trips where we would go up there with with full wetsuits, like four three wetsuits. When the when the when the first melt came, like in May, when that oh, water's yeah. like rushing down. We would get full for wetsuits, sure. helmets, and big life vests, and the whole deal. We'd go down on boogie boards for eight miles down the Upper Kings. You guys are nuts. Yeah, dude, it was. Dude. It, it it is the most. It, like it's. I talk to people about it now, and they're like, "You didn't do that." Like, yeah, no, dude, it's gnarly. It is a lot of fun. It's almost like a whole nother river back there. When you go all the way up that dirt road past the bridge, right? They oh go, yeah, they go like two, three, or four miles up this dirt road, way up in the river. And then they launch off this little flat area, but it takes like three hours to get back to where base camp is. But it's like the three of the most fun hours you're going to have on a raft in the river, man. Oh, it's yeah. super cool. It's a, it's a it's great, it's a great stretch of river and it's wild. It's one of those last yeah. stretches of like wild river. And if you go up, if you go up towards black rock up that, that fork that goes towards uh dinky or I'm uh-huh. sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wish on, um, Wish on. and, uh, yeah, up there, there, there's a waterfall down there, oh, and yeah. I've watched, I've watched yeah. trout work up a waterfall like a, like a salmon. Like, Dude, like we, we actually person. used to hike down there and catch German browns back there. And was that the one? Is that a, is that that one with that old that old Ford with the block in it? Uh, we used dude, to like. There was one spot where a, a, an old truck. It was. We're talking like a 20s era, 30s era truck was down in like this creek. It was crazy. The one that had toppled over, is that the one yeah. you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, there was a yeah, there's a there's a wreckage back there. I, you know, I, I think I remember something like that. It's, it's been 20 plus years since I've been oh, down man. there, it's, but it, yeah, it's been at least I, it's been at least 7 or 8 since yeah. since I've been, but but it's cool, man. I mean, it's beautiful. They actually have these pools over there that are the water cuts these perfect pools in, in the granite. It's it's just phenomenal out there. Well, I mean, the, the amount of big, crawdads, the amount of trout, the amount of just life that's in those, like what you're talking about. The there's yeah, a lot of life fertile. in that in that river that then dumps into Pine Flat. Yeah, and 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 I've read articles about the world record bass because I remember when when that fish was caught, there were a handful of articles made about that. Um, can't remember exactly where I think Western and a few others did them, but one, one, uh, writer was talking about that specifically how fertile the Kings river is and how fertile pine flat is. And that's why it's pumping out spotted bass as big as it is. Cause guys, there's been times we've been out there practicing and no joke, you'll pull up a wolf pack and they'll come up. They'll come almost all the way to the boat. You'll pull up a wolf pack and you're looking at, 25, 26 pounds of spots. You're looking at a six, a five, a couple of fours, an even bigger one in the shadows in the background. You're like, oh my God. But they, there's, I do believe there's still a world record in there. Uh, you know, who knows when that fish will get caught or if it'll get caught. But uh, people still don't seem to believe the kind of numbers of six pound plus spotted bass live in that lake. I know they don't catch them often, but dude they are there because we've released those fish and we've caught a lot of them so they haven't gone nowhere unless someone else has pulled them out you know yeah yeah well i read something somewhere or it was an interview youtube whatever i remember uh 
Cody Meyer was talking about Big Spotted Bass, and he said, mm-hmm. with all he's done, traveling the whole country, doing this for so long, he said there's no doubt in his mind that as far as the three species of bass and targeting the giants, giant spotted bass are the hardest to catch, and they are the, the most... Um, not the smartest, the smartest, but he said they're the smartest. Uh, there was another word he used. Um, wily. Yeah, the most weary or the most wily. Like just wary. They're just very, very. Wary, thank wily. you. Yes, wary, wary, wary. W a r y. Anyway, they're the hardest to catch. You know what I'm saying? I'm not good they with are, big and- words. No, they're assholes. Uh, is what they are. They're, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're big assholes. They're jerks, man. <clears throat> but I tell you what, I'll, I'm a, I'm gonna share a little bit of something with you guys about what I know, at least my knowledge of spotted bass at Pine Flat and what I've done in other lakes that have spots and I've been successful. The way I look at it, um, I like throwing fast moving baits for my best, best bait for catching a big spotted bass is probably a, you know, a mega bass, one ten plus one jerk bait. And the biggest spotted bass I ever caught at Pine Flat was on that bait. (laughs) Period. Right. I caught the biggest fish I ever caught in Pine Flat. I'm not laughing at you. This is an inside joke with me and Joel. Sorry. No, keep keep going. Keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no worries. But but the way I see it is because they're so smart, they're so weary, and they're so hard to to, to get them to bite a soft bait or a slow-moving bait, I feel like if you can get a rip bait down into that six, seven-foot range and burn it everywhere you go, I mean, you go throw it at, at cuts, rocks, points, whatever, but you fish it fast and furious, and you're going to get one to just instinctly react lash out and that's how i've caught the bigger ones i'm just burning it rip 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 boom all of a sudden or i feel like i stuck a tree and it starts moving it's a five pound spot you know so in my opinion um and i know a lot of guys catch them on big baits and all kinds of other baits but but for me i've had a lot of luck catching the bigger spots on jerk baits and working them really fast all over the lake i mean no matter where you go if you think there's a big spotted bass there go over there throw 10, 15 casts at it, work it fast. You don't get in, go to the next one. But I feel like you have to trigger them. If you're going to get a real big one, you're going to trigger them and you're going to fool them and it's going to be fast. They're not going to have a chance to look at it. They're instinctively going to lash out and game over. That's right. Well, that makes sense because it's come to the point. As far as a really big, smart bass, just like you said, you're either going to have to one – throw something to get them to react to it. They don't have time to think about it, right? You can't let them think. Kevin Van Dam yep. has made a living out of that, the best in the world exactly. at it, probably. And Hank, <laughs> Hank or hey, you have to let's not forget something. Hank Cherry with the jerk bait. He's been he oh, yeah. two yeah. classes Dude, I love that Cherry. shit. Yeah. Or yeah, you, sure. you have to throw something that is so realistic that they and fish it so slow that they think it's real, you know? And you got to – Yep. That's – to me, it's a lot easier to get one to react than to go, okay, yep. how do I make this look exactly yep. like the real thing, mm-hmm. you know, and it's gotten to the point you can't do it on a jig or a spinner bait, so you got to buy a big swim bait, and you got to go spend 100 bucks. then you got to be scared yep. about throwing it in the right area, which is probably in the middle of a tree somewhere, if we're being honest. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, throw a rip bait and get them to react to it. I love that, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I, I, and it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I mean, at the end of the day, you're probably putting your wristband on, your wrist brace because it's hurting, oh, but, yeah. dude, I mean, and, and the thing of it, too, is check it out. If you're out there, you're really, especially if you're competing, right? So if you go out there and you worm fish or jig fish, for every, you know, one jig or worm cast, by the time you work it back, I've made five rip bait casts. Yes. So I'm making five times as many presentations. My odds of getting bit are going up five times more. I'm just producing more on certain days. And you know what? If you catch 20, 30 fish, 
one or two of those is going to be a solid one usually, you know? Dude, you're making and, me want to go jerk some fish off. <laughs> Dude, Ryan, it's like, hey, Art, can we go fishing soon, man? Because I, yeah, I, I will I will literally bring just my jerkbait box, and we'll just go fishing because I'm down Dude, for that. that's and you know, I tell you what, dude, and I, I throw a jerkbait eight months out of the year. I love it. That's my favorite thing to do. But soon, like the next three weeks, when it gets to that next step of colder, like that late mid-fall jerkbait bite's probably the best, dude. I mean, I can't get enough of it. I'll be out there all day long just wearing the paint off these rip baits, man. I had it's I cool. had two days straight in the in the late spring here locally where, like you said, like I went two days straight and just absolutely went ham on it. And it, like you no, said, no. I, I couldn't throw it. I couldn't throw it. I could barely throw it the next day because my wrist was completely yeah. blown out. But, yeah. man, it's, but it's fun. fun man. It's the funnest. It's yeah. the funnest thing to throw. Period. It is. That bite you when it's get on is so much fun. Oh, yeah. And then a jig. No doubt. And then a jig. Yeah. Jig bite. That's the one thing, dude. If, if you love bass <clears> fishing, <throat> I don't care who you are. You, you can never get enough of that jig bite, no. dude. Just that don't. You no. <laughs> both of you need I, to get up here in the next. About it. Both of you need to get up here in the next two weeks and get out with me because it right now is the time. Right now. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to try to get up there a, Saturday. Are you? There you go. Nice. I'm gonna try to get up in the mud well, we on Saturday. Yeah, we're doing a tournament at Pine Flat. Um, yeah. A lot of guys. Oh yeah, tell us about podcast. tell us about the tournament, dude. Okay, so so our good friend uh, Eddie Hinojosa, local guy here, he's a Tulare County uh, uh, sergeant. Great oh, guy. He that. actually uh, Eddie is the he just won the deal at Havasu for the Bass Nation. He's going to the East Coast for the championship, man. I saw and, that, dude, and he catches them everywhere he goes. He's good. He does, dude. Ed, dude, Eddie's such a consistent angler, and he's such a humble angler. I mean, and he's been such a supporter of our company and our hooks from day one. So he said, hey, we're going to do this tournament for the PD. And I said, man, Eric and I, you know, we jumped on it. We said, dude, we'll, whatever you need, you know, we'll help you with whatever we can. We'll donate hooks. And and uh, so we're hoping to get like 50, 60 boats at this event, and uh, it's going to be at the good time of year. I mean, this week could be the week where they really start eating but you know um it's it's getting there I'm, I'm really hoping this weekend we all show up and have a great time uh, you know it's a fun event we all want to win of course but we also want to support a good cause and, and help those guys out too you know well so if you guys are in the area if you guys are in the fresno area and you don't have nothing to do this weekend go to pine flat it's going to be at island park you can register right there on the spot and just have yourself a good time with a bunch of good guys man and the cool thing is, Art, let's say the bite, I know it's been a little tougher up there. It's been a little tougher just about everywhere in California. Let's be honest. Just right. about everywhere. Yeah, it has. It has. <clears throat> um, but for somebody that may not fish the lake a lot or you haven't been up there pre-fishing, if you want to go support a good cause, hopefully the bite's great. Hopefully everybody catches right. a bunch of fish. But if the bite's a little bit tougher, dude, go throw your confidence bait for sticking a decent one all day. You might go catch a four pounder and win that tournament. It might only take one bite, you know? So it, Oh, a tough bite makes it anybody's ball game as well. It does. And you know, I got a quick story for you, man, if we have any more time, but check this one out. I went out there Sunday to practice and mess around. Right. So I got there super early, barely first light and I take off and I go to this one area and I get there, dude. And, soon as i get there they're already busting up and by the time i get into the back of this area i was in they're going crazy all around me i mean killing stuff they're flying out of water i'm watching a three four pound fish just coming out the water chasing stuff so i get out there and i start throwing the top water couldn't get bit i threw the a rig got a couple 
and uh, through the fluke, had a couple eat it and miss it. But it was nuts. It lasted for about 20 minutes. It was in an area that was probably about a hundred yard circle. Right. And all of a sudden the switch went off and they all just disappeared. Like nothing ever happened before. And I was like, what the heck, you know? Uh, and I was messing around. I didn't even have some of the right stuff tied on, but I was like, man, if this was tournament morning, mm-hmm. dude, we were just going to, we were probably going to limit in, in five minutes. And you might've you know? had so, 17, 18 pounds real quick. Absolutely. So there's still stuff like that going on on the lake and every lake, you know, no matter how weird it fishes, I, I truly believe there's one corner of each lake that has those active fish and they're going to eat in the morning. Whoever's the lucky one to pull up to the right place at the right time. That's how some of these tournaments in the muzzle are won before nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know it, it Brian. I mean, you know how many guys have pulled up to certain points like in McClure, like went back to cotton and they're just chewing and they got 16 pounds before it's eight thirty. Well, yeah, but yep. I'm I'm also a big, big believer in man. Usually, especially this time of year, you got that afternoon window too, though. A lot oh, of times, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially but, on the reaction bite. But I always preach, man, with my clients, with this podcast, with my reports and my um, and my seminars, man. I fall time. I preach timing. It's all yes. timing. If you don't get on the man, I fished a tournament at Don Pedro. Um, what the one I fished against you. Um, oh, you one that you won by one tenth of an ounce, yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's not about it's not about the numbers, Art. Okay, it's dude. Not about I the numbers. You, you know, I, the reason the reason I brought that up because the whole <laughs> so, time, so, when you so listen, that that fish like spit up only say, too. The, the fish spit up only one of the of the crawdad claws that had in its belly. One claw, dude, <laughs> one cost claw. me freaking beaten cook, man. But the reason I say that is, and and I hope you take this with all the respect and pride. But anytime we go to a tournament up there, and I see you there. Me and my partner are like, oh, it's on. Everyone goes for you, dude. So, like, when when we had, I think we had 978, and you had 979, I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. <laughs> All I remember is we had 979, and it was more than yours. I don't remember what you had, Art. But, um, <laughs> no, dude, and that's one thing. Like, And and I, I, I say that with all my buddies, with John Myers. We've had him on the podcast, you know. Um, dude, if it, there's always those guys that show up to the tournament – and you want to beat him. You're like, I just want to beat him. But at the for same sure. time, you're like, but if somebody wins that tournament besides me, I hope it's him. Like, it, for I, sure. I totally 100%. get what you're saying. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, dude. And I don't, dude. I, yeah, I, I, I've been in this game a long time. Just like, dude, just like Randy. You know, whenever Randy shows up to an event, all those guys, are that's the guy you want to beat. You know? Every time. If, every time. And if you have a day where you weighed, even if you didn't win, let's say you got seventh place. and But we beat Randy Pearson. Get, yep. Dude, th- you go home happy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Same thing absolutely. with you. Like, if I ever beat you, dude, my drive home is great, even if I don't cash a check. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not that's not nearly that hard to do. But uh, <laughs> no, but where was I going to go with that? Um, I was dang it, I got sidetracked. Um, man, we got you to to get sidetracked. To that's the weird. Bank? No, it's it's not hard to, to go do. Sidetracked? What? <laughs> no, I was going with uh, oh, so that tournament. The guy that yeah. won it, another art, by the way, great guy. He's a cool guy. Um, not you, Art, because I, I beat you in that one. But anyway, um, <laughs> so both of us pulled up to the same stretch of bank. Let's just call it that at the same time. And there was one sweet spot, and then there was two other like, ah, oh, there's some fish there. But he got to the juice before me, so I had to settle for like, you know, 
hind tit, so to speak. Excuse my language. Sure. And you use the word tit. How dare and you? And I sat there and I sat there and I watched him win that tournament right in front of me. That's crazy. And I just kept hoping, dude, just I just need a few of those fish to pull this way for literally for three minutes and we'll be fine. Right. And it just and it I, I I caught plenty of fish. We just couldn't get the right ones right there, you know. But it was one of those deals. Yeah. He yep. got on the right spot at the right time. Yep. For now sure. I've had so many guide trips this year in the fall, man, you pull up to a, a stretch of water, um, wherever that may be, wherever the bait is, right. It's all bait related this time. It's all bait fish. Oh, all yeah. thread fish Everything's shed. about the shad dude. Everything. And I can, I can pull in there and the fish are there and the baits there, but they're not fired up and I can leave and you can pull in there five minutes later and you can catch 30 fish in 10 minutes. Like it's nothing. Oh yeah. And it's, it's just timing, man. So it's, yeah, it is dude. It's it's a big part of our sport, honestly, and especially one thing that you can relate to, and, and I want to talk about this, what you do, is is these lakes tend to do the same thing every year, every season, and even specific arms and coves every winter will have the same shad, the same schools of fish that you spoon. It's, it's, it's weird, but if you have a local lake and you're really in tune with it and you fish it, you know, 20, 30 times a year in all seasons, you're going to realize after a couple of years, Dude, these fish are coming back to the same areas every winter, every fall. There's key areas that hold a big group of fish for two, four weeks, a month, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't change much. So I think that's where the experience comes, where a lot of guys who get into the sport are good anglers, no doubt. But they haven't tournament fished for a lot of years, so they're not on the water every season, you know, every time of the year. Mm -hmm. So they miss on these key details. But a lot of guys were forced to fish, you know, season after season you're fishing and you're picking up the same. You're like, hold on a second. Last year they were here or hold on three years in a row. They're here. Mm -hmm. So fourth year you go back and they're there. Then there's your pattern for that lake and that area. And those are things I love that a lot it. of people dude, that are overlooking, dude. That's that's I huge. love that he. I love that he just said. There's your pattern. I I love. Oh, I love when somebody says a pattern. Well, Ryan, I Ryan, hate, does, I hate spots. I like the pattern. Do, isn't that? Yeah. Doesn't that just go right back to fishing the memory? You know, but it's 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 fishing like the memory from last year. He's talking about fishing the memory well, from four years ago. But right. it that becomes a pattern, right? If you can't just look at what happened last year, you have to be like, right. well, what happened two years ago? What happened three years ago? What happened four but, years yep. ago? But instead of calling it a spot, he's calling it an area yes. of the lake. Yes. Yeah. That's and, that's and the key. You can't go back to that same point because they're always on that point. No. They're they're in that area using points for a certain reason. Well, and on these on lakes, that stretch of the lake. It you depends, know what I mean? It depends on yep. where the water is at every single year. It's always going to be different depending on a thousand you know, a thousand different factors. Do you know how and many times in the last two weeks at McClure I've pointed up the bank 200 yards going, you know, I've caught so many five-pounders off that rock pile up there, <laughs> and there's like, you know, there's like three bald eagles sitting up there yeah. 200 yards out of the water. It's ridiculous. Awesome. But, you know, going back to that, one thing I can say, though, these spots, I've, I've found them. Pine Flat has a few of those. Um, you know, McClure definitely has one like that that's been like that for me for the past few years, but... I think what, what the common denominator is, is it has to be a, a deep creek channel. And I'm talking like the bottom creek channel where this is the 60, 70 foot creek channel going into that arm. Mm -hmm. And eventually it goes into some arm or some cove or some kind of creek. So what it is, is even though the water may be, you know, down 40 feet, you still have 
60 feet down in that bottom, bottom river channel. So mm-hmm. these are the areas where they just, for some reason, every year it's deep enough to where it's over 40 feet of water in these areas year after year, even when it's low. And actually some of these areas I've been to where it's had a hundred feet of water and they're just further up that area, but they're always in that specific arm or opening type area but it's like ryan said it's an area pattern where you know they're going to be in that vicinity at this time of year every year whether they'll be up 100 yards because the water's higher or down 100 yards because mm-hmm. it's lower but they're still going to be there in general you know it's that's good cool. stuff right there. that's good stuff right there it is art i like that right on man hey you know I, i'm one of those guys who, who i like sharing information because I was fortunate enough when I was coming up, there were I met a couple of older anglers who, who would share all their information with me. And they helped me unlock some stuff I couldn't unlock for years. And honestly, had it not been for these gentlemen, there was some stuff I would have been years behind on. And when Same someone here, does man. that for you, dude, when someone does that for you, just out of, out of love and, and pure you know camaraderie, it's a cool feeling. And you can't help but give it back when you can, you know? God, that's good stuff, right? That gives me goosebumps, man, because I feel that 100%. Yeah, bro, it's a, hey, it's, it's a brotherhood, man. I tell you what, true bass anglers, your hardcore bass guys who live and breathe this stuff, it's kind of like a brotherhood, man. We kind of, even though we'll, we'll kill each other over spots and stuff like that. But <laughs> oh, yeah. When, yeah. when you take us out of the tournament and you put us around the table with some beer, dude, everyone's a brother, dude. You can't deny that. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely, yeah. And we're so a rare cool, breed. Man. We're we're definitely a bunch of weirdos for sure. But yeah, it's an acquired it. taste, brother. I always say it's an acquired taste, man. Pounding, <laughs> pounding our <laughs> pounding our heads on the decks for a bunch of green fish, right? Seriously. Well, it was like it's kind of I'm not right on par here, but kind of like what Brian and Kevin were saying last week, Joel. You know, like you go out and you fish tournaments and way more often than you go home happy, you go home sad and upset. And he goes, man, if our bosses worked us this hard, we'd have quit a long time ago, but we keep <laughs> doing it to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I need, you know, I need to frame that like, or put it on, you know what? I need to make a, a like a, a car freshener or what air freshener in the car mm-hmm. that just says that, that hangs from yeah, the, funny. because I spend so much time in my truck so I can look it up, look up at it and, and realize <laughs> Like my boss worked for this how ridiculous I am. <laughs> <laughs> We're glutton for punishment, man, but we all fish for those few moments to make it all worthwhile, you know? Does, <clears> and man, like I you said, it. dude, just giving it back. God, what a good feeling. Like, what a good feeling, you know, when you get to share something with somebody and they come back and say, dude, look what happened. This worked. Look at the fish I caught. You know, like, how does oh, it get dude. any better than that? It doesn't. I love it. And and, and it happens to me all the time. I'll I, I, and I do it to my friends. They'll tell me something like, Hey man, you know, I know you got a tournament and I'm not fishing it this week. I got something coming up, but this is what I found. And I'll go over there and I'll whack him and I'll be sending him pictures. And I'll, you know, one time my buddy really gave me a good tip, dude. And then freaking, you know, I ended up going to our local tackle shop and buying him a bunch of stuff I knew he needed. And right. I said, here, dude, thank you. Because without what you told me, I wasn't going to get on those fish, you know? And, and uh, we return the that. favor. And we return the favor. Guess what happens next time he's struggling and you're on him? The same thing, and right? Don't worry. And I got it, you covered, bro. Yeah. Like, no worries. Dude, and, and this sounds weird, but I have, you know, we have a good group of guys here in, in our area and Motherload, same thing. But there's been tournaments where, you know, these things are fun. We're not fishing for points, fun tournaments. And, you know, we'll be on them and it'll be like, okay, dude, look, get over there, get on them. 
And if I come up, you don't mind, right? Nope. And we'll be up there, literally, 30, 40 feet apart, spot lock, fishing deep, talking to each other, BSing for three, four hours. Everyone's limiting, calling, teasing each other. Yep. I mean, how much more fun does that get? You know, it's tight. You get to do that with your buddy and you guys both do well cash a check dude i mean you're on top of the world after that tournament go tie your boats up and hang out and share it why not dude i'm all for that kind of stuff you yeah. know no i mean it ain't happening in a toc but it'll happen <laughs> at a charity event <laughs> yeah right. no man and, and i think that's a that's a really cool for anybody out there that hasn't tournament fish and i've done very little myself and you know there's going to be people out there you're going to meet. They're going to be awesome. There's going to be some other people out there that are not so awesome. But the one thing yeah. you need to remember is the vast majority of guys you're going to meet out there are going to be awesome dudes. And if you're really lucky, you get to meet guys like Art or Ryan, and you know you start talking to them and, and have a friendship that every time you see them, they're going to say, hey, what's up? You know, and They're going to talk to you, and they're going to you know give you as much information as they can depending on how much money's at stake, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, but, well, dude, it's just a good community. Overall, bass fishing community, just great community to be a part of, man. It is. You know what's cool, it though? It, and, you know, I, last last month I sent out, before you before you hooked me up with the hooks for this, for, you know, giving to the new patrons we had this month, I, I yeah. made a bunch of spinnerbaits. And I don't make great spinnerbaits. They're just spinnerbaits I make in my garage. Uh, but I sent it to one of the guys, and he doesn't fish spinnerbaits at all. And... You know, he posts like caught my first spinnerbait fish on on something I made in my garage. You know, and it's like, that's that, cool. I mean, that's cool, dude. Like, no matter who it you is, are, dude. that's that's so freaking cool that yes, he is. was able to do that. And you know, I'm not like I'm not trying to like pump myself at all. It was just like it, it's a simple bait to make. If someone I, I can give somebody that, and I've, I thought about that with like the kids, and I've hit people up at the dock, like, hey man, he, you're just sitting there. He's, you know, beating the bank and, uh, you know, you can't do it with kids nowadays because all the, you know, legal stuff that goes on, but just met a dude. Hey man, you know what? There's no one else on the lake. Jump on the boat. Let's go fishing. And we had a great day. You know, it's like, go out and have fun, man. This is what this is about. If if more people went out and had fun and like tried to give back, tried to talk to people, try to have a little bit of camaraderie, no matter what. Yep. I mean, we wouldn't have it. I don't think we would have as many issues in this in this country. I no, pay it, absolutely. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Yep, absolutely. You always have to because someone behind you did it for you, and you know, had they not, a lot of us wouldn't have been accomplished some of the things we have in life today. You know, it goes for all all aspects of life, whether it's at work, at your job, yep. Yep. friends, or whatever. There's always someone that's willing to help, and if you get the help and it helps you, hey, it doesn't hurt to give it back to someone. Hey Art, real quick. Yeah, I think we need to start calling this the Real Quick Podcast. Yeah, um, and then put a yeah right. Yeah, re- yeah right. <laughs> um, I want to talk about. I, I do want to talk a little bit about some of the other lakes in the area that people don't talk about. Maybe you spend a little <clears> bit of time <throat> with. So Millerton's a great oh, yeah. one. I mean, Millerton is such an interesting fishery. I know, I, Ryan. You hate when I talk about it. I know you do. Um, it, because no one fishes there, it's not yep. a well-known lake. I know New Gen, New Gen, New Gen does. Do they still do? Yeah, they do a few tournaments. They do a few there. tournaments there. Uh, okay, yep. real quick, Joel. The only reason I say I don't like Millerton, I've only fished one tournament there. It was a Future Pro back in the day. We had like eighty-two boats. We had like 
under like a fuzz under seven pounds and took third mm-hmm. place. So that's my oh, yeah. only experience with that place. Like that is that's Milwaukee though. But I also part. remember Paul Bailey writing an article from that place. This is years ago, 10, 12 years ago, but he went yeah. and he said he went through a bunch of big baits there. And he said, I did not catch a single fish, but he said, what I saw that lake has giants. Dude, I remember okay. him saying that. I, I got to tell you something. We're talking I didn't mean to interrupt you, Joel. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. And, and just real quick, Art. So like, that's a place that, that I really, I mean, the San Joaquin river is where I grew up bass fishing. When I, like, the earliest actual bass fishing i did was on some of the ponds on the on the on the san joaquin river oh, yeah. right below i grew up fishing that stuff man. yeah big, there I think, used to be some giants in there and you i think you know exactly what i'm talking about. i'm not going to go into detail yeah. but i you think you know call, yeah you know what i'm talking about yep so oh yeah oh yeah growing up in that area doing that and then even you know on the kayak going in like up fine gold creek and places like that in millerton you can go out there and yep. you, can, you can catch it dude on the right day i take my wife because my my uh <laughs> my sister and my brother-in-law Austin shout out to Austin he's still Ryan he he says he's not friends with you anymore after last week's podcast and making I thought he didn't listen to it you said no he listened to it for sure dude he <laughs> listened burned. to it for sure yeah, he wasn't real happy um but I'm going to have to take him on a free trip we man. love him we there love him but they live up there on uh Sky Harbor so I'll go up and I fish Millerton generally f- three or four or five times a year you can right. go up there, dude, and have an absolute blast. You can catch, dude. I, dude, I've caught, I've caught fifty like, in a day. Yeah, myself. I was gonna say fifty popper fish in the evenings in the summer in the river. Yeah, you go over there, throw a little tiny, small Rico, you know, dude, and it, you'll, you'll catch fifty spotted bass in two hours, three hours. Now it's my, yeah, super it, fun. It's my, my biggest, but my biggest spotted bass came from Millerton. It was a three pounder, not huge. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. But it's that that was on an underspin. You know, and I caught a ton of fish on an underspin that day. And, you know, sometimes you get the twos, you get a two and a quarter, and then every once in a while you get the three, you know. And I think yeah. I actually Austin caught a three that day, too. We had a, we had almost 100 fish in the boat that day. Wow. With a yeah, that's Millerton. I mean, that's Millerton, yeah. though. And But it, that's it's not necessarily a bad thing. What do you think about that? And you, say, you said earlier – there's something happening with that fishery that's different, and I think it, a oh, lot of yeah. it has to do with a lot of it has to do with the the striper not being as prevalent anymore. Yep, um, you've got is. those big I American shad in there that are no, nah, they're they're hard to see anymore. I mean, back in the day, you could go way back in the river to Temperance Flat, and you could see them, you know, busting up back there. But yeah. it's been so long; I've seen that go on at Millerton. Yeah, um, I'm sure there's still a good group of them in there, but not what it used to be for sure. Mm-hmm. But Millerton is changing. I'll tell you what, last couple of years, some of the tournaments we fished there, uh, one tournament we fished, big fish there was a five and a half pound spot. Okay. Yeah. That was a big fish, dude. And then a couple of tournaments, uh, they started weighing in some large mounts. Uh, that one was, I think five pounds. And then those are gentlemen who caught one that was over nine pounds. I think even last year. Yeah. Last, so, last year that was, in, that, that was in the B, right? Yeah. yeah. A, and then <clears throat> I, I have a couple other friends who go out there, believe it or not, they throw, little s waivers and they caught two spots back to back that were both over five pounds last year see there's some there there has got because that place does have the only known landlocked run of american shad and they Mm -hmm. get like the size of a small trout eight to yeah they'll get to like 12 inches yeah 12 inches for sure. There has got to sure. be some kind of those to catch. And those, oh, they are. They're a blast to catch. And Ryan, we've talked about, I've talked about this on the podcast a bunch, but 
That's I know the art. You've actually fit. You fish this lake. What do you think, man? I, I'm thinking that there's got to be something. There's in the future here without all of the the predation from the striper that we've had in the past. Can there be well, like it, it is is can it set up to be something where there could be a big spot come out of there? Well, honestly, if if uh, talking to some of the guys, the, the local guys here, matter of fact, um, some of the tournament guys here I know locally who fished Millerton before the striper showed up. Mm-hmm. These guys said Millerton was actually fishing like Eastman. You go out there and catch largemouth up to seven, eight pounds regularly, like thirty-five plus years ago. Wow. So when they brought the striper in, it just changed the game. They, take, they, they took over. Killing. They took over. They took over. They killed all the small bass, and then I mean, with the water regulations, water dropping all the time over there too, that didn't help the population, but. Now that the striper haven't been stocked in there in gosh over a decade, naturally they're dying off. And but neither have the, neither there. have the largemouth though either. So those largemouth have to like compete with all these yep. smallmouth. Yep, all and these that's spots. There's a lot of spots. Did and I, I think the I I, I've Ryan? actually I caught. I think you said smallmouth, oh, but you small, meant spotted. Spot yeah. Spots, yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've actually caught a largemouth at Millerton with a little spot down its gullet. Like I caught a two and a half pound largey and i'm looking down and i'm like what the heck did he eat i'm is that a shad i was like no it's another spot dude I, so I, they're eating each other i caught a small mouth in millerton which was crazy so i'm gonna yeah. oh man i might catch a bunch of crap for this i don't care that's what i believe um if i feel like if you go to these places that have a lot of small spotted bass a huge population of small spotted bass i'm gonna say this and this goes i mean this is uh-oh. This is like career suicide in the bass world. I don't care. <laughs> I know. I know for a fact it's smart and important to do. If you go to Millerton, you go to McClure, you go to um, heck, even Maloney's. I feel like it's very healthy for a lot of fishermen to keep two or three 13, 14 inch spotted bass, take them home, eat them. They make great table fare. Oh, and it's going to do nothing but help these lakes. I, it's going to do dude, nothing but you, help. If I you promise. Ta- you. If you talk to actual actual biologists. They will say the same thing. There is only so much food in a pie, in this pie, you know. Yep. And it, it, you got to think of it like a pie. And they, go back to the Shan Shano Gorman uh, episode that I did. That dude explains it perfectly. It's this isn't this isn't rocket science. I know everybody right. hates talking about keeping bass at a certain time. At a but certain they'll go point. keep forty crappie in a day, no problem. But don't right, right. Bass, you know. What do yeah. you think about dude. that art? I, you know what? I'm so glad you asked this question, man, because I personally am a big fan of it. And me and a couple of my buddies, especially at Pine Flat for the past, I want to say five years, every trip or so, I have a neighbor who loves them. They have family members. They'll make fish tacos with them. They love spotted bass, but we'll only take home exactly like you said, your legal 13 inch keepers, the ones that are good to eat anyway. Yeah. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll take, you know, either a limit or three or four, but every year, between me and a few guys here locally that we fish that lake a lot, we probably take out, I want to say, 40 to 50 spotted bass out about, you know, 12, 13 inches right in that range. And, yeah. and it does nothing but good for the population. And to be honest with you, if you remember, Pine Flat about 15 years ago was fishing so crappy. I mean, you're getting like five-pound limits winning tournaments. Yes, I remember. Know? Oh, I, I could go on to a whole other story. but How do you even get a five-pound limit? Like Dude, it's crazy. It's like, like, you come out with me, I'll show you how to catch a bunch of small fish. I'm good at it. <laughs> I mean, you gotta like go by the the millimeter. Like, if there's a hair on the nose, 
All right, perfect. You're one pound. I have weighed in before at Lake McClure, and this is a down year, just like we had the last couple years at McClure. I have weighed in a five bass limit at McClure for 442. (laughs) Oh, wow. I promise you, 442 Uh, for a five bass limit. I believe it, kids. I had a I had a five bass limit that was like five fourteen at McClure a couple years ago in a new gen event. I was so embarrassed. I was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, uh, good to know that you had one smaller than you, though. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ryan still well, got the record. Well, Ryan's I, a record I, I could, holder. Uh, yeah, record that's a whole nother story. We'll keep Diana out of this, but yeah, no, you know. Um... <laughs> but dude, dude but yeah. one thing though. I, I want to throw in another thing about what we we're talking about. I've also talked to um, game wardens and, and marine biologists who have said that, that it is good to harvest the smaller bass out of there. And uh, one thing I noticed about Pine Flat, like I said, you know, 15 years ago, the limits were real small, but the, also there were tons of spotted bass in there. But right. Fresno had a huge influx of population from the Bay Area and up north yeah. back when it was really grown, like in 2001, 2004 in that area. And the city grew really fast in a matter of five years. And all of a sudden we had a bunch of new anglers here and a bunch of people were taking fish out naturally. Right. And so what we happened. noticed, well, absolutely. We noticed that back in like when the water was really low during the last drought in 2015 and 14, that next couple of years when it really rained, dude, that's when we caught all those sevens and sixes and that eight and a half was caught. It seemed like the lake got harvested when it was low. And as soon as the water came up, they all gorged, those giants right? showed up. They gorged. Yep. Well, th- it did, like, dude. It did. Shan- and I'm Shan- a believer in it. If you look up aquatic biologist on Instagram, I had him on the podcast. It, what he talks about is really simple. I mean, and this guy is like from Georgia. He 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 uh, manages small ponds, but it's the same type of deal. And if you listen to the podcast, it's like you only have so much food for bass. Bass need to for a bass to grow past like four pounds, the amount of food it has to eat. And then if it has to like fight with a bunch of other fish to then feed all the time, it's going to waste a lot of that energy. So it's never going to get to the size we want to catch. Right. It's always going to be behind. It's, it's always gonna more be energy than what it's. And, exactly. that's, and that's if it even has, that's if it even has it in its genetics in its DNA to get exactly. that. Exactly. So you just a very it, small yeah. portion of those bass. So and, and this oh, is yeah. where it's really important though too, because I've I've talked about this with guys on the podcast. Um won't mention names that got really like, no, we don't do that, period. And it's like, well, it depends on the body of water you're at. In the Delta, I am not keeping one bass. Because Absolutely. those those fish are already being hammered by not only tournaments but seals yes everything else and we need as many genetics as we can keep in that fishery so you don't of course you're not going to keep anything from the delta if you're an actual bass fisherman, if you're listening to this podcast (coughs) excuse me it and you're you know anything about this we're not talking about largemouth from Florida largemouth in the Delta. Never. Clearly. And never, and ne- never no. keeping a bigger bass. Never, never a bass over two pounds. No. Ever. Absolutely never. not. Yeah. So y- you, this is a very nuanced conversation. It is a gray area. But if you talked to people even in the, in the south or the east 30 years ago, they were all keeping bass. All yep. of them. And then all of a sudden the big, oh nobody like, caught and released they no they all kept was. those and then oh yeah when the, when you had like the Bass Pro Tour come on all of a sudden in, within like a ten year period it turned from everyone kept them to everyone released them 
Well, right. yep. there's going to be a change in the population dynamics then, right? Got to find some balance. You got to have to, yep. you have to find some balance. So don't, I would say don't keep them on Clear Lake, first of all, because Clear Lake's full of mercury. You don't want to eat them anyway. Right. Um, For sure. And not, Clear Lake's doing just fine. Don't not, change anything. Not, yeah, just leave, leave that just, the way yeah. it's going. Just add some water to it. That's all yeah. you can change. If you're, <laughs> if you're on a lake like McClure, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to like make this very clear. So, because I think Ryan is right, you're going to get people that are going to go. What are you guys talking about? Keeping all these bass? It's like, oh, I'm going to lose a couple followers over this. I can promise no, you. I mean, but I feel like it needs to be no, said. No, but it, it, use your use your brain. Like, I mean, it seems like no one wants to use their brain and do some critical thinking nowadays. Art, what do you think? <laughs> no, I agree. No, I'm, I'm, like I said, I participate in it. I've had biologists tell me to do it, and we've physically noticed the difference in our home lake after years of people fishing it, and then all of a sudden all these giants show up. So, and it makes sense. I mean, just rationally thinking, if you have a million bass in a lake and you have, you know, X amount of bait and crawdads, okay, you take, you know, a a 10% of those bass out, then the rest are going to eat 10% more food. Right. It's really simple. It's really simple, Art. Yes. And there's one thing I want to add in there real quick, guys, just because I'm going to forget it. I already forgot it twice. I've tried to remember it while you're talking. I just got it back. So really really quick, really quick, right? Really quick. Give me, give me like seven minutes tops. Um, okay. The reason, the reason that we stress keeping spotted bass and I can speak for both of these guys on this. I'm sure we're all, we're all on the same page. Um, Large mouth, especially in our reservoirs, not the Delta and Clear Lake, obviously, but large mouth in our reservoirs, um, th- they tend to get overrun by spotted bass because of one simple reason. The spotted bass spawn deeper. In the spring, when these bass are spawning, it's typical for our water to start dropping. The large mouth are in five to six, seven foot of water. Mm-hmm. A lot of times their eggs do not have time to mature and hatch before the water drops, so that that spawn, that bed is now washed up on land before those eggs ever had a chance. The spotted bass are out in 10 to 20 foot of water and they get a spawn off every single year. That's why we see such a large abundance of spotted bass versus largemouth most of the time. So that's why we also preach yep. keeping smaller spotted bass versus largemouth. Absolutely. Agreed. 100%. It's, it's, a, it's a good topic to talk about. And I think honestly, if, if a lot of people do some research and, you know, small spotted bass, 13 inch spotted bass are pretty good eating if you fillet them they're as good as any fish out there they are they're really good they have good meat and and you know nothing wrong with them so and you're helping the ecosystem you're you're taking them out they're not crowded there's more food and your fish legitimately get bigger when you take the small guys out of the way it's it's been proven so this no i don't think anyone can yeah this is just proof i mean like there's gonna be guys that are gonna be like i can't believe this go to the go to the aquatic like Go to the fisheries biologists. They will tell you the same thing. This is proven science. Yeah. You know? Well, I'll tell you one thing. There's a gentleman here in Fresno. Those ponds that we grew up fishing, Joel, yep. there's a little pond off the side that's a private pond. Real nice guy. Back in the day, he used to do uh, tournaments for the Boy Scouts over there. Uh-huh. And, you know, 10 guys would take their bass boats and boat, Cub Scouts would come on boat and would, would fish with them. And it'd be a good time, right? But he had a pond that was about, um, you know, those ponds are about 20 acres over there. Yeah. So let's say this pond is about 20 to 50 acres. And he had a bunch of fish in there that were like four, six, even an 11 was caught out of his pond. But he, every tournament we did there, and we did it for four years, he would specifically say every fish that's in the two pound range, we're going to donate to the church. So they would put him in a cage. And after the tournament, he would take it in and give it to the church. But 
an actual marine biologist had told him how to manage his pond. And the thing behind it was like, if you want these fish to get bigger, you have to take the two pounders out if you want a bunch of sevens and eights. So we did that for four years. And you know what? That pond four years later was fishing. I mean, you could not catch a fish under three pounds in that pond. It was crazy. That's the kind of pond I want, Art. I know. It's a dream pond, dude. I know. Dream pond right there. So, but yeah, it's proven. It's scientific. There's evidence behind it. A lot of guys are still going to be against it. But honestly, um, I truly believe it does help these lakes when we're talking about specifically spotted bass. Spotted bass. I'm sure sure we're going to piss it. Yeah, yeah, just real quick and make it very specific. Spotted bass is what we're talking about. We're not talking Small, about right. large spotted bass. Yes. Smaller spotted bass. And and very specific. And Joel, I'm sure we're gonna I'm sure we just pissed a couple dude, of people off. But at the end of the day, the truth, dude, dude. We are giving the truth. We are telling what we believe. If you don't want to keep fish, this is these these are facts. And we're not we telling you to go keep facts. fish. We are not telling you to go keep fish. You don't have to. You don't um have to if you don't want but to. but hey, if if you want to don't feel bad keeping a few small spotted bass. You're helping the fishery, I can promise you. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, my I like that. Gosh, boy, that I was can't a gamble, believe, but, I can't believe oh, well. we, we made it to there. In a, we in pulled a, it off, well, man. This in thing has gone 30. all over the place. Dude, boys. at hour 30, we, we, nah, dude, this one's going to be it's gonna be fun. And and to be honest, dude, I, I would be I would love to hear the feedback. If you've got if if you're out there and you've got the balls to come over here and, and say, well, you're completely wrong, I would love that because – Unlike the COVID science, I have real science that yeah. can uh, back, that can back up what we're talking mm-hmm. about. So, but at the yep. end of the day, we're all entitled to our opinion, yeah. and this is ours, and we're not forcing it down your throat. You know, this is just what we hey, believe. So, I tell you what, quick story, real quick, right, real quick. But uh, the, there's a local gentleman here who, right, there was a guy we knew here. <laughs> he was, real he was, quick here, Art. Right, seriously. But I, we knew a guy here who would who would fish, and you know. He'd catch a bag, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd get them and sometimes he'd take them and he wasn't a tournament. He was just a fun fisherman, but he would legitimately enjoy eating the fish, but we would kind of make fun of him. And he would say, you know what? <laughs> I pay for that license and it is my right to take five fish out of his lake. Yeah. And he would always pull that card on us because at the end of the day, look, everyone who pays for a fishing license and fishes, they have a right to five fish. And yeah. you know what? I've seen personally my own eyes five, six pound bass caught and thrown in the cooler, yep. you know, can I go over there and yell at him? No. Honestly, oh, well, yeah, right. you can. I, I can't say but, nothing. Yeah. No. I can't say nothing no. to that guy. And, you know, and if you see that, maybe, you know what? Hey, maybe try to nicely educate him. Hey bud, You're right, man. Awesome job on that big one. Hey, next time, maybe consider this because yeah. of this reason and why we need those big ones. But Hey dude, yep. good job on that big fish. Congrats. Those people that man and these keyboard keyboard warriors that get online, you know, and they're just start bashing people for doing this and doing that. Dude, shut up! You can't catch a big fish to save your life anyway. Shut up! <laughs> this poor this, yeah. this guy's like, hey, this guy caught a five. My biggest is like a two and a half. Why are you yeah. keeping that five? I could have yeah. been mine. Now, yeah. no, no, but you're 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 right, Art. I mean, it, I think it goes both ways, right? You have to, yeah, sure. if you're seeing people that are poaching and, and well, not poach, it's not even poaching. Like you said, you can take whatever you want, but right. if you go up there and say, Hey, you know, those big ones, man, that's the future of this fishery for largemouth or whatever it is. You know, it's like, yep. but, and, and, and the, the same token, if you see some people taking out crappie or these people taking out small spots, 
maybe don't maybe don't let it hurt your feelings yeah. too much you know and go right. educate people nicely like the saying goes joel you catch a lot more fish Lies? with honey than you do with barbecue sauce really? right. so is that is that, is that the sauce you're using when you're catching them on the jig you get you got barbecue now. sauce on the old it's, jig it's cats out of the bag sweet boys sweet baby cooks sweet baby sweet cooks. baby cooks <laughs> SBC, <laughs> SBC, baby sweet baby cooks Our, that's, that's next awesome. in the spirit point lineup i like it I like it, man. That's awesome, man. It's a good time with you guys, man. I'm having a blast. Do you Thank so you, in the in the and so the last thing though, so we 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 uh we got off uh, Millerton talking about um what we just talked about. What about uh is what about Kawia? Have you ever fished Kawia? Just real yeah, quick. Yeah, I know we've already Kauia been on for almost two hours, but I'll make it real quick. So Kawia, um, small lake, but I don't know if a lot of people know that's the home of the giants. So, um. Quick story, my, my good friend Josh Sanchez, his dad, Noe Sanchez, I call him the legend. He's the only man I know alive that has caught three fish over 13 pounds. He's got a 15 out of Kauia, a 16-1, and I think a 13-5. And, dude, people, you can live two lifetimes and never catch fish like that. No. But those fish exist there. Kauia has... Dude, well, what about that fish trout. Gary Wasson caught like oh, six, Gary's seven years 17 ago? On, yeah, Gary caught a 17 out of there. Exactly. So like, like, and, like and high 17, right? Off, it was just like a 17 hat, two or something. It was a giant. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, and Gary's caught other big fish in that lake. And a lot of those local guys have caught multiple fish that big. And every year there's like three or four fish over 10 that come out of there. Um, but the thing about that lake is really cool is also really fertile. Three rivers dumps right into it. But mm-hmm. the state puts a lot of trout in there dude and those fish are true trout eaters you go throw a, a hud or a baby hud i called you know the 68 a baby hud you go throw a baby hud out there in december january you're i mean almost certain to get something over six pounds man it's and it's weird because for two decades people are catching these giants and they're still catching these giants i mean for and such, it's such a, a small, small little lake, lake. it's and such it, a small lake to get so much pressure too yeah, dude, it's crazy. It it's doesn't. one of those phenomenons of California, just like Lake Dixon, that were, where Dottie, not, was yeah. it Dottie? The big yeah. one that yeah. they yeah. caught? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Look at that lake. That lake is tiny. It's I think All those Southern California lakes are tiny besides Castaic. Like right. even like, right. like you look at Casitas, you look at like is Diamond Valley, like those aren't big lakes. Is Diamond yeah. Valley big? Yeah, I know. Pretty sure Diamond Valley is pretty uh, small too. Yeah, it's it's not bad. I mean, it, it, it's like a Eastmanish, you know, yeah, type deal. That's pretty it's, small um, c- can, compared to what compared to what we fish, right? Right, for sure, for sure. It's crazy, dude. And um, and you know what's funny? It, I don't know if you guys know, but the, those giant smallmouth in Diamond Valley were taken there from Shaver and Pine Flat. Oh, I, I did not that. know that. I remember catching yeah, they, my first red eye. Like smallmouth came out of Shaver, and I'm I'm trout fishing. Yeah. And, and I catch one of those, and I'm like, "What the hell is this thing?" <laughs> As a kid. Art, dude. Yeah. Art. Now, what's your PB smallie, real quick? Uh, smallie. I think the biggest smallie I caught was little over four pounds. That was out of Tulloch. Okay, so I've I've got it like a like a three oh one out of Tulloch. That's my PB smallie. Real quick, one yep. question. You've yep. okay. Let's talk. Oh, let's not talk. I don't want to talk giants by any means, but pound for pound, I ask this question a lot. I love this question. I have my answer already. Out of the three species, which do you think is the actual strongest? Not the most fun to catch, but has the most power, pound for pound. 
Oh, dude, you know, I've, I've caught smallmouth in Havasu that, honest, dude, I caught a four-pound, shy of four-pound smallie in Havasu, too, this last time we were up there, and that thing was unbelievably strong. Um, but just to answer your question in two ways, a spotted bass over five pounds, I don't think there's a, there's a stronger bass species in freshwater, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A spotted yeah. bass that's five, six pounds will dig and dig and dig you you can't figure out where he's getting all this energy it doesn't end and and they'll come up to the net how many three four times and go back i mean it's (laughs) spotted bass are i call them heart attacks because you catch a big one during a tournament on like spinning gear you know you're not forcing them (laughs) yes you're having a heart attack by the time he comes in the boat dude i've caught three and a half pound spots at maloney's that 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 if i had lost them and not seen them or caught them yeah I would have swore I had a nine pound largemouth that just made a run and bulldogged me and broke me off. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's how they feel. For and I'm sure, talking dude. three and a half and four pound spots. It's crazy. When I caught yeah. that three at Millerton, I thought that I thought that was a four or five pound fish. Dude, yeah. I, crazy. Speaking of that, so we were talking about night fishing earlier. So I a couple years back, I caught it was a six o two spot on a six xd right, and I honestly, no joke, when I when that thing stopped. I was like, because ah, I was fishing by some trees there too underwater, you know, and I could have sworn I got the tree and <clears throat> I went there and I just kind of tugged right back at it and it started moving. I was like, oh my God, it's a fish. And when we netted it, it was dark, right? It's at night. I thought it was a big large mouth and I oh. go to get the bait out of the mouth. I'm like, oh my God, it's a spot. It was, it was rad, dude. But those things are, you get a spot over five, six pounds, man. That's yeah. Everyone should be able to catch one in a lifetime because they really, really put up a fight. I mean, they oh, go yeah. the extra mile to to break your heart, dude. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. Love this. Well, man, Art, we, I cannot tell you how awesome it's been to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, likewise, man. I mean, I, I want I, another hour right now, Joel. So, so do I. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a little bit, so I want to let I want to let everybody go. But um, Art. Like I, I wanted to have you on and just talk about Pine Flat, and we talked about it a bunch more. So I, I really appreciate. Oh, you, dude, man. yeah. Matter of fact, I'll tell you what. In in the in the winter, some magical stuff happens at Pine Flat because there's so much shad. We'll get certain areas of the lake where you'll, uh, and it's happened to us a few years in a row now in the same area. You'll sit in an area in sixty feet of water, and you will literally not move more than twenty yards, and you'll catch thirty fish at sixty feet all day long. All they're doing is sitting there chewing on shad in the bottom of a creek not moving it's crazy dude so we'll probably have some good good reports for you for the winter like going into you know mid-december if you guys want to do another one i'd love to go over some of the stuff that's going on down here oh, yeah absolutely. and when that happens yeah. um call no, us and you know we'll just you know yeah, right? the, the cool thing my, my best friend lives in fresno and uh, he's got a little mother-in-law deal in his new house so i might just have to you just let me know and i, I can probably rent that yeah. out from him and uh, I don't live in Fresno, that. Joel. I live in Outwater. Sorry. Oh, it's only a couple hours. <laughs> Never mind. Damn it. Never mind. Now I feel bad. We'll figure something out. God. No, we'll man. I, out. I, I do want. I, I would love to go fishing out there with you, and you can kind of show me the. For I sure. Been... Honestly, Joel, on on whenever you think you have some time, next couple months, uh, give me a couple weeks advance, and we'll put a date down. I'm at Pine Flat fifty plus days out of the year, so we can yeah. catch one together for sure. 
I yeah, cool. I hope man. you and Joel can go have fun, and I'll just stay up here in the mother load. No hey, yeah, just go catch up the mother load, <laughs> Damn it, man. I get no love. I get no love. I'm like Rodney Dangerfield. I get no respect. They get no, no respect. respect. They get no respect. <laughs> Oh, that's funny, man. And we are, hey, and I also are. I want to thank you for um, all the support with the hooks, man. For all of our guys here. I mean, oh, for sure. We're dude. sending these out, that's and it. I know these guys are going to use them. And if they do, they're going to realize what me and Ryan have already realized. Like, get the pliers. You know, get the pliers ready, boys. Dude, dude I put I, them I through the you. test five days a week, and I am not disappointed. I promise you that. That's awesome. Well, you know, Ryan, uh, like you said earlier, we have a few other guides like yourself across the country. We have a gentleman up in Minnesota who's a smallmouth guide, fishes the Mississippi River over there, and he's he's doing the same thing. He goes, since you got me on these hooks, he goes, that's the only hook I tie on for my clients because sometimes I'll have guide trips where a client loses literally no fish, and these are smallmouths, dude. Right. So yeah. it's it's such a bonus for a guide because now you have a tool. This isn't just a hook. When we designed this thing, we didn't design just the hook, the angles, the the degrees, everything's so pre-calculated and perfect. So you're, we're giving you a tool to have more success on the water. And honestly, any angler that can have a tool to give them more success on the water, they need to check it out. And with this hook, it may look funky, but the minute you catch two, three fish on it, you're like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Don't. That's the magic of it. Don't judge a book by its cover. It's the real deal. It is. Exactly, man. But, yeah, thanks for all you guys' support. Thanks for using them. Thanks for turning people on to them. And uh, I know uh, it's just the beginning. We've been around for, you know, 18 months in the public, and uh, we're in a lot of places. But the next couple of years, especially with what's coming next year with the treble hooks and all this, man, it's going to be a great year for everyone. I can't wait. Well, we're here for you, man. I yep. uh, can't wait to keep uh, – keep pumping it and and uh yeah hooking, no hooking we got a good, good deal going here we'll we'll be working together you know uh as long as the fish are out there in the water we'll be doing our thing man so yeah. and you know that's that's gonna be forever so <laughs> we ain't got no we ain't going nowhere man we ain't going nowhere we ain't going nowhere absolutely no sir all right art dude thank you so much for coming on man it was great talking to you hey it was my pleasure guys you guys have a good evening thanks brother all right take it easy Dude, what a good dude! What Solid. a fun guy to talk to. You know the first guy, the first time I talked to him, um, I was talking about the about about the hooks, and and he's he's just like, man, I listened to the podcast, love it, and like, no, 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 and then we ended up talking for like twenty minutes, just about fishing, dude, about other stuff. He's just a good that guy, dude. and Eric Hennessy, his partner, is the same way. Yeah, and I've never, I, I unfortunately, I haven't had the the chance to talk to Eric, but um, yeah, yeah, Art's uh. That's my guy, dude. He's a he's a Fresno Armenian man. That's who I grew up with. That's I worked for like those, like. Yep. And if you don't know, Armenians own Fresno, so don't mess. Oh yeah, I used to. I used to drive a food. Well, not a food truck. I used to deliver food for a food company down there, driving a big rig and a lot of Armenian-owned restaurants. Solid human beings. Uh, yes, sir. Solid human beings. Um. Anyway, besides that. What's the last thing I have on here? My my wife added because I have my little rundown. Mm-hmm. She has here. I love my wife, and I do. I love my wife very much. Rosie, are we rolling? I love you. Yeah, yeah, we're rolling. I love it. And you told, dude, uh, Joel. We all love Laura. She's a lovable person. She's a she's a wonderful uh, wife and uh, an even better mother, if that's possible. Um, so. 
Yes, I love her very much. And if I can say one thing, because I man, I haven't got to spend much time with her. What one weekend camping? Yeah. Uh, well, and we met up for dinner. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we did. Dude, but 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 she's just 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 a kind-hearted person. I'm a, that shines I'm, through. I'm a freak. Like I'm a really like eccentric <laughs> type person. A little too much there, Joel. I'm a freak. Uh, she's she's like the the grounding factor in my life. Yeah, like, if I didn't have Laura, like don't know where I'd be. Cause yep. yeah. anyway, we, she, she put that here. I wanted to, to shout out my wife cause she puts up with a lot. Like I'm out here for two hours a night, like once a week. We and, love you, Laura. And it's, uh, it's important to, you know, in my two boys. Um, yeah, there's a lot. And especially now, like I'm, I'm traveling, I'm, I'm going overnight and, uh, yeah, I just want she, she put it here and I want to make sure that, that she's recognized. Cause and for it. everybody that listens to this, just, just know that, and I, I, I've said this, but I just literally get on my laptop and have fun and talk fishing, which I do just about every night anyway. Joel is the backbone behind this. This was his idea. He does everything. I literally just help out. So I don't say it enough, but dude, thank you for what you've done. And you are literally creating a stronger community of fishermen here at in the central California area than you realize. And I hope that, I hope that's the case. Cause that's, and that's it means really a lot. It, that's really it. As long as, and, and if I keep getting that, the, the, my favorite thing, and I've said this since the very beginning is when I get new people, like just hitting me up on like messenger, like do not feel like you're just hit me up. You know, let me know what you're thinking. If you, if you have yeah. questions, like I love that stuff and it hasn't gotten to the point where it's too much yet. Um, Sometimes it seems like it's, there's a lot, but man, I, I love it. And I'm not the guy to go to. Like I, I started this so I could get guys on here to, to talk about the stuff that I want to know. And I'm still doing that. Like today, Art, like I learned so much today, just listening to him talk about Pine Flat in a place that he's a great I guy, up, you know, and yep. uh, I'm going to keep doing of, it. A lot of knowledge. I'm not the guy. Ryan's the guy. Art's the guy. I'm just the guy putting together the podcast. So as long yeah, as we're helping people out, don't as as don't cut out. yourself short. And you need to take some pride in that and take some credit for I it. I can't. Well, no, I catch some fish every once in a while, and I and I and I know the theory. But yeah, hey, if you look, got to hey, fish, hey, hey, it, look, it, if on, you got to on, fish three on, or four days on. a week, we'd all be in trouble. Hold on, no, Laura, 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 Laura. Just, she just walked in, which is crazy. Laura. Say what's up. We're about to end it. And I just talked about how much I love you. You got to say, say what's, hi. hi. <laughs> <laughs> See, she's not going to be like, see, she's not like me. She's going to be like, her, I said, hi. And Ryan and, says, hi. And we appreciate everything that you both hey. are doing over there. Can you hear? Her? No. You can kind of hear? Her? A little bit. Laura. Laura. Here, talk to Ryan. Now she's got the headphones on. Okay. Now the roles are reversed. What's up, Laura? What's up? Your cruise looked fun. Oh, we had a blast on the cruise. Um, Diana misses you. Uh, what's that? I said you. Need I told her I've never to been. On, I've never been it. on a cruise. I want to go on a cruise. Oh my gosh, dude! Let's all take the kids on a Disney cruise. We would oh, love that. That'd be awesome. We, we are so Disneyland down. In a few weeks. So. Oh well, thanks for inviting us. It's fine. Whatever. Um, <laughs> no, but hey, in all seriousness, I know you don't get the credit you're deserving over there from us half the time because we're so busy. But thank you for sharing your time with him, with everybody. And it's, it's awesome stuff. And, um, and we miss you, Diana and I miss you. We need to do dinner or something we soon. Do. We're well, doing, we're doing, we're doing Casa de Fruta. 
Let's do it. Fruta, right? Casa de burrito. Yeah, we can do wine tasting and burrito eating. Sounds good. Two of my favorite things. Yeah, and the kids love watching the peacocks walk around. Well, who doesn't? I mean, who does? Who doesn't? (laughs) I learned half. Anyway. Oh, Um, I almost went. I almost went naughty, and then I was going. I didn't. You did. I didn't. I stayed nice. You tried to go. Tried to stay nice. (laughs) All right, dude. I think. Yeah, I think we're. I think we're done. Um. Yeah, thanks to everybody. Uh, I hit Brandon Yang up. Brandon Yang's like, "What's a merit award?" I'm like, "Don't worry about it, son. You're, it's you, the you thing got, that you won. You got the merit." He's the TBR uh, October um, Patron of the Month is what his actual title is, but we'll call it Merit Award or whatever. That's, That's it. it. We're done. We're done. Hit us up. Let us know what's up. If you uh want to go fishing in the motor load and catch a boatload of fish hit up ryan cook fishing because you're going to catch him we still got some availability monday in December monday, for monday. some reason did you fill the oh monday? no i dude i put that on my story and it was done in three minutes that's I got it, it booked. that's it yep can't do that on this man you, you go too quick dude get on there because <laughs> it, what she, you said you, <laughs> you said you still have openings in december right yeah i've got about half of december open still dude, which is crazy get, i'm usually booked up a solid two months out Get on there. December's the deal. Because I'm, Dude, December, I'm going. I'm going. Is going to be. Way I'm going with you. Right I'm going with you in December. 100%. Okay. So we need to find a date, but we'll do that after we no, close we're, this we're out. Going, we, we're going. We I'm, I'm going. I'm going with you in December. Period. We are. We are dragging jigs and filming videos and having fun. That's right. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in, Art. Thank you so much, Spearpoint Hooks. Um, what else? Nothing else. Ryan. That's it. That's it. I got I got nothing, man. I think we're golden. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for the support. Um, if you'd like to support us, if you like the channel, you like what we're doing, check out the Patreon page. Um, and if not, just keep listening. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Go give us a rating. Leave a comment. It's Apple Apple Podcast. So it's not, I, not I, it yes, used Apple to be Podcast. iTunes Apple Podcast, which is an awful app, and the way Apple does everything is is terrible. But it's where most people get their things. So if you can, give us a rating there. And share the podcast. The main reason we do this 100% is to bring people together and give people info and try to give back because we are both blessed to be where we're at, doing what we're doing, and we just want to share it with you guys. That's all there is to it. So share it. Help us out. We love you. Yes, do that. And we'll catch you next time. On the Bash Report. Boy, that escalated quickly. Don't act like you're not impressed.